12. It's just that fastly a movie. I like to go get a piece of pie and talk about it. It's sort of a little tradition I have. Do you like to get pie after you see a good movie? Hello and welcome to another movie podcast. My name is Oscar and with me as always is... Ralph. Sorry, had with, to... with a delay and a weird sound. I know. Ralph. It's Ralph. Raphael. We can't do anything normal. Um, this is episode number 145 for reals. Is that from something? Oh, wait. It's from that Captain Crunch commercial, isn't it? I don't know. 145? Yeah. It's from that. We, we, it, ask me later. I'll explain that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, sure. I don't yeah. know. It wasn't in my brain, though. So. Dude, it's, a, it's not a core memory, but it's a memory. <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> one of those. A core memory adjacent? Maybe no, not a GS. It's like that gum, like that bubble gum commercial oh, that they make fun Christ. of in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like that. Yeah. It's not a core memory. It's just something that comes up a lot. Um. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the show, guys. Uh, hopefully, this is not your first time, but also we know that with a title like the top ten movies of twenty twenty one, most likely a lot of you are first time. If you are, welcome and stay tuned. Um, our usual other co-host, that's not usual, I guess part-time, I guess I would call him. He's 100% um, part-time. Part-time co-host Luke is not around for this top 10, although he will be next week for the top 10 TV shows. Believe it or not, not only was he ready for that one, yeah, and it's really a full was. cast of four of us doing it. Oh my God, I know. That was actually a pretty good show. It was a fun show. Um, but um, he apparently didn't see in enough movies, even though he's technically in a movie podcast and he's not in a TV podcast, but he saw enough TV. So um, his life makes no sense to, to me, to, to anyone, really. So um, he's not with us today, but uh, he will be with us next week. Anyway, it's just Rafa and myself here. So it'll be a fun filled show with two top. We actually watch movies. Yes, yes, we do. Um, we're not going to have a recent discovery, so I'm not going to go into a whole spiel about whatever. But you can always find this episode and all of our other previous top tens over the last five years are on otherpodcast.com. Check that out, guys. Not to mention the t- top ten TV shows and top ten discoveries. Uh, check that out, what that means and everything. It's all explained on the website, otherpodcast.com. Um, I think we should just get into the first discussion about this. Um, Raf, how did 2021 feel in movies? Um, gripes, not gripes, uh, anything you want to highlight and, and the movies, how it felt this year or this last year. I mean, how, how, how did it fare for you? Uh, weird. I felt like um, I felt like I watched nothing new, but at the same time, I know I did. Right. Um, right. Looking at my list and I'm like, that was 2020. That was 2020. That was 2020. Uh, what's, your, what's your body count? Do you know roughly? I know it's um, not accurate. <laughs> so no. Um, so I take my list on. I'm on. I'm on. Um, Letterbox, right? Right. I, yeah. put, I put every movie I watched new to me. Everything is new to me. Right? Everyone go on Letterbox. Make an account. It's really fun to. It's really track fun. Of your it really movies. is. Yeah. yeah. I, I should do a better job of using Letterbox more like on a weekly basis and just, just general stuff like that, right? Just to do, uh, you know, looking up movies and stuff, um, things of that nature, reviews, other people's stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Recommendations is the big deal I should probably watch it for, to be brutally honest with you. But I don't. I'm an asshole. Anyways, besides the <laughs> point, um, I have 83 new movies this year. So wow, compared to 2020, yeah, yeah compared to 2020, that's um, I had 75. So that's eight more, right? Yeah. No, but in general, your 60s are always like the normal number, honestly, between like moviegoers. Well, that's 83 new movies, like I said. 
new to me. So there's oh, a lot right, of new to you, here. right? Oh, this is I just see, new to me. This right. is just new to me, right? Bad, so that's eighty three. No, yeah, yeah, I know. So I, I would say I'm in the sixties. Oh, okay, all right. I, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm around the sixties. Got it. In my opinion. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm nearly double that. I did an accurate count. I might be off by one or two movies. It's 112, um, oh. which is surprising to me because I thought it was in the 90s um, or even 80s, which is probably my lowest year. I don't know when that year was. Maybe it was 2020 when pandemic was f- first and, and newer and full fresh. Maybe it was then. I don't know. I know I saw the, the least movies that year probably. But this last year, I guess I, with a vengeance, I caught up a lot. <laughs> so Yeah. Um, and also, this is a, 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 a so a very weird year, also because um, you know uh, a lot of people, including myself, including us here at the show, we 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 kind of have we mark time in movies, not exactly by the new year. I mean, we do by the new year, of course. If something's released too late or too early, we don't count it for our top ten, right? That's obvious. But right. uh, another marker that we use that's that's easy to track to keep track of are the Academy Awards. Like, you know, what they tend to nominate are usually not movies that are going to make it to the next year, unless they're like those foreign movies that come out actually like in the next year for American audiences, but it doesn't come up with us. It only comes up for critics during the year that it's actually nominated. It's really weird. Besides those rare ones, um, that's usually our markers. But this last year was very different because of COVID. uh, The Oscars came out when? April? Was it April? March at least. Usually it comes out in February, but this time it, they waited over a month, I believe it was. It was a long time. And they included it it's because they wanted to include more movies that came out technically in 2021. You know, they fucking cheated. That's how Nomadland won a bunch of things. It came out in 2021. Yeah. Other movies that were nominated were like the same, like the uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, a huge movie that was nominated a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. Um, also 2021. You know, and uh, so they had to do that to include them. So they won't include them next year, even though it is technically 2021 movies. Yeah. Uh, or I mean, next year, but I mean, this year. Um, so, yeah, weird time, weird time. But you were saying, Ralph, any anything else on the, how the movie felt, the year in movies? So I just did the math right now while you were talking. That's would be rude. Yeah, um, no, fine. But uh, 63 new movies this year. Excellent number. Good number. Yeah. So uh, 20 movies that are older. Um, yeah. So that's not bad, actually, considering. Um, I think that's a, I, good, that's a good record. It's a good way to you know keep up with the old stuff. Right? Yeah, I forgot that uh, Letterbox is a great job. By the way, I just did literally. I literally just went to Letterbox and I put mm-hmm. movies that I want for this year. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I put every movies that I wanted. Uh, I put them in order, and I just counted the least number of which is the ones I've seen from years prior, mm-hmm. and then I just math and it was twenty movies, and okay. so there's all that was left was sixty three. So sixty three new movies this year. Excellent. Uh, okay. My apologies. Sixty four. Sixty four. Sorry. Sixty four. Anyways, okay. but yeah, sixty four. So um. Yeah, sixty-four. That's pretty good. Like I said, I, I don't, I don't hate the number. Um, yeah, no, it's good. And what, yeah, like what, said, what was your cutoff date? Like last week? Was it yesterday? I, no, it was. Um, it was. Uh, so I had, I got COVID, um, December thirty-first, and I was watching movies right, right. before that too. But yeah. I, that knocked me out like three, four days, and then yeah. um, I counted while I was off for COVID. So I was off for COVID for ten days. Um, so I counted up to the tenth, I think. Nice. Um, the ninth, nice. actually, the ninth. So I counted, and I watched just about everything that week, anyways. Uh, the first week, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah. So basically, the first week of December of January. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And just so everyone knows, we're recording this on the sixteenth Sunday. Um, my last movie was yesterday. <laughs> I watched up to yesterday. Yeah, I, I didn't want to count anything else. Um, I, I figured I no, could. I know, yeah. 
but I also didn't want to watch anything else. I, I, this I, is my I, first to, make, movie. I to make cuts. So I, I okay, really, I really want yeah, to see no, this I one. Know. I want to see I, this one I, more, so I'll watch Right, exactly. That's, that ended up happening to me, too. So I, I, did, I did watch my first movie of 2022, uh, 2022 release movie, but we'll talk about that another time. Oh, I haven't seen anything new. I've been I, I've been wanting to do these top ten shows, and then I can watch new things. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> really? just, it just it just it just fell in my lap to go watch it. To be really honest with you, right? Oh, so okay, just, right, on, yeah, right on. One of those. It's you know nothing crazy, but you know. Yeah, yeah. Still, the first one, the mm-hmm. first cut was always the deepest. Yeah. Um, this year's weird for me too, man. I feel like I didn't watch it. Like I said, I felt like I was in the nineties or eighties, but um, I watched a lot, and it's um, I'm glad for that number, uh, yeah. but also like. It feels to me like this year um, feels kind of like a, it feels like a dud in cinema, in spectacle cinema. Like we, we really. My God, you know, it really does. And I'm looking at the year, the first couple months sucked, man. It really sucked. There was like nothing going on. It was a big dry spell of nothing. I don't want to say just big, but something just feeling bigger. escapism. Exactly. Very much. I think it's, I think it's so change she came out. Once Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, well, yes, that's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. Shang Chi is like the, I think the threshold. Like once it, once Shang Chi came out, I felt like everybody was ready to go to the movies again. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Or movies to come out again. And you know what sucks? And I was going to bring it up to you mm-hmm. is that also um, the, er, the earlier the year was uh, all the movies that you know missed out on 2020. So whatever. But it was also I felt like I felt like Hollywood did a bad job of and anybody else who's doing did a bad job of of highlighting movies for VOD. You know, like I feel like your streaming services have like the cornerstone, but there's VOD yeah. movies that I think people would be willing to rent, you know, or sure. rent or even buy on a whim because like you can't go to the movies. But if you spend fifteen dollars to go to the movies, like on a regular, like you can spend the to own the moon the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not the end of the world. Yeah, and you can watch it with multiple people. You're at home probably with a loved one anyway, so you probably spend more than that to take a loved one with you to a theater. Which is like twenty five to thirty bucks. So you just spent half of the amount that you were doing. And I and I've I've made that justification before. I own movies that I would never have bought, but I'm like, well, I'm not going to the theaters to watch it. I can watch it here at home. Fuck it, I'll buy it. You know, like I've done it before. It's not a big deal. Um, and I feel like they didn't do a good enough job to take advantage of that. I feel that they left it like all oh, the streaming services have it. You know, like we're gonna leave it up to the streaming services. And I just felt like it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and it was a real uh, kind of not a war, but it felt like a war between some of these streaming services. You know, like like Prime Video, I think did one of its worst years in movies because usually they always have um, a lot of movies, and they're the first major. I would say they're the first streaming service that broke through to prestige movies. Like they were making like high end. Yeah, they they honestly felt like. Critically well adored, but not this last. They felt like a new streaming service this year. To be honest with you, yeah, with, like, well, at um, least with their movies, with their TV, they were, their movies. they were banging. But like, yeah, all oh, their TV yeah. shows. Yeah, I, I had a lot of <laughs> yeah, a lot TV of shows, but it was weird. I felt like they just didn't show enough attention or pick the right movies to buy. I don't or know what. I, don't, I try watching. You know, I watched like I don't want to say like most of them, but I, around half, let's say. Yeah. And man, a lot of duds in there. Um, right. Exactly. None of them were competing for the list. No, none of, none of them competed. Don't get me wrong. I watched it. I just mm-hmm. none of them were competing. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, I mean, we're not in disappointments or anything, but without remorse, mm, yikes. You know, right. Things like uh, that. I 100% agree with you. Not only that, uh, you know, just, yeah, it's, it was bad. bad. Netflix did okay, but I think they highlighted a lot more of their uh, I, the, I, the movies, but the TV you know, mainly. You know what I felt? I felt like everybody was just waiting to see what HBO Max was going to do with the Warner Brother situation. I was going to say, I think uh, HBO Max probably nailed it the best. I, the would best say, I would say so too, but I feel like it was just like, let's leave it all up to them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I felt like yeah, Hollywood, right. Hollywood felt like they were like, "Well, let's just leave it to them." 
in my opinion. Yeah. Which it felt really weird. Doubly funny for HBO because uh, HBO Max had its record low for me anyway in making shows. their TV shows. Yeah, but but the fact that this Warner Brothers thing did, I mean, highlight a lot of my favorite stuff this year. Yeah. Even even stuff that will never make the short list, for example, like Kong so, uh, King's uh, Kong versus Godzilla, which is a lot of fun, things like that. There right. are a lot of good stuff on there with the movies. It's like a topsy turvy world. Um, nothing makes sense anymore. Um, yeah, but this, yeah, this, I feel, I think spectacle, even, you know, even though Shang-Chi and, you know, Venom for a lot of people and like uh, No Time to Die, all those did come back, but like they were far and few between. Usually we expect more. It feels like the 2000s and even the 2010s were much better at this, at the, at escapism movies, at memorable big time movies, big concepts too. I feel yeah. like a lot of concepts were like lost, even though we have movies like The Green Knight. I'm not saying we're we don't have anything. I just felt like it was a dearth of them, a little less than usual. Yep. So weird year. Um, I thought 2020 might have been worse. Don't get me wrong, we did see less, and I guess it was technically worse because we did see less. But uh, I felt like 2020 had more bangers ultimately. I was um, maybe, maybe not. Maybe it's a maybe it's a fifty-fifty. Maybe they both have a give and take. But man, this pandemic fucking sucks in movies. Maybe making movies a lot of bad. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. Bad. You know what's funny? You bring up to the thing with about HBO Max. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like um they have a lot of great shows that are finishing that I never saw. You know, like um, <laughs> Insecure, uh, a couple other shows that are like finishing off. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, and I can only think of Insecure off the top of my head, but. Um, and I feel like, yeah, they feel like they hard focus on their shows. And you know what? For better, to be brutally honest with you, when you think about it, because that takes up more time to watch than a movie does, you know? Yeah. So it gives you more time on the streaming. Well, you know, not, not so. to talk about too much about movies, but uh, since we're on HBO, I mean, TV shows, I meant to say, uh, but since we're on HBO, you know, they have a, they have a killer calendar this, this year. I don't know if you know, the Game of Thrones thing is coming out. Right. Oh, yeah. Westworld might be coming out, you know? So, like, not to mention Succession is having a huge, I mean, everyone loves that show. Not that I'll ever see it. Um, so, I mean, you know, they might have, <laughs> they might come back strong in the movies, and the TV, sorry. Um, anyway, uh, without further ado, before we begin with our top 10, Roth, we sometimes do this, well, not sometimes, we've been doing this lately, where uh, we talk about the missed opportunities first. So, like, a little mini list of whatever we can think of for titles that we wanted to, we wanted to see. Uh, you know, for the year that we didn't get a chance to see, like movies we really wanted to see, or people were like critically hailing it, and we're like, "Oh man, I should have tried to go for that, but I didn't get a chance." So, with that in mind, Rob, do you have any lists like that, like um, movies that are definitely not making your top ten because you didn't get a chance to see it yet? Yeah, nobody. Um, that's probably the number one movie I was. Oh really? Was yeah, I didn't movie. see it, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it was just a fun movie, and I, mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. I don't know if I would have made my list to begin with. Oh, I recommend not. it for you. You'll like. Yeah, I and I, I and I, and it was one of those movies that I wanted to go see in theaters. I just never went to it, and I wanted to see it, and I just never got the chance, and it just it eluded me. Then it was like, oh, it's on this. I can watch it. I'll watch it eventually, and that's that's the sad part, right? Yeah. Um. I wanted to watch Spiral, but I knew that was going to be a bad movie. So that's oh yeah, do not watch Spiral. <laughs> no, exactly right. Exactly. Um, I wanted shit. to watch. I wanted to watch The Swordsman off your recommendation when you had talked about it during the podcast. Yeah. Um, and that was a movie that I was just like, that that sounds badass. <laughs> but it was like, literally just I was I know certain movies just escape. I was like, where am I going to get this? I should have just asked you. It's probably, but it is what it is. Um, um I think. Um, I, I, do I own that movie? <laughs> my, <laughs> you, you might, yeah. I might. Yeah, um, yeah. The Many Saints of Newark. Um, came out. Didn't yep. know. It's out? Yeah, why haven't you seen it? What? Mm-hmm. Huh? And then I was like, there it is. Yep. Um, Luca, 
Was that Luca this year or last year? Oh wow, you didn't watch Luca. I thought you saw Luca. You have a no. Kid. What, what, what's so funny is that Luca was on in my t- my house for about like a month straight, uh-huh. and I never saw it because he would always be in the middle of the movie, so I never actually saw the movie. Right? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I I, I had a similar effect with Ron's Gone Wrong. I I didn't count it in my watch list because I technically didn't see the whole thing. <laughs> You know, right. but I saw like a, a good half. You, you see know? what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which is so, which is so weird. Um, weird. And then uh, I can't think of anything else. Oh, um, yeah. It's a uh, technically it came out this year, right? Was Judas and the Black Messiah or no? Yeah. 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 So like Judas and the Black Messiah was one of those movies that I actually was like, oh, I'm gonna watch it, and then I was like, dude, I messed up, and it's not coming out on. Like, I, I, I missed up. the date. I missed the date. Up. I missed the date on HBO Max. Yeah, I was like, oh, it's. I thought it was. I thought it was leaving this week, not next week. And I was like, fuck. I thought they brought it back at some point. They, they, they back did. Too. They brought it back like 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 a month or two ago, or not, not a uh, month, or two, like three three months ago. But it was like prime time. I'm going out and movie. Yeah, I get it. I get it. It was just like never got back to it. Um. So yeah, those are my movies. I hear you. Um. For me, I wrote everything down because I'm a weirdo. Uh. Let's see. I got a few movies that just looked interesting. Some of them are critically hailed, but some are not. Uh, the Forgotten Battle looked interesting on Netflix. Hypnotic, same thing. There's this animated movie also on Netflix that I saw. I actually saw the first 20 minutes of it, never finished it. Not because it's bad, just life happened and I forgot to come back. It's called Words Bubble Up Like Soda Pop. Uh, Love Hard, The Unforgivable, which is uh, The Unforgivable is uh, where this girl is looked ugly and she's like a rapist or on death row or something. I don't remember. Uh, Ron's Gone Wrong, I included on here. A movie called Queen of Black Magic. A uh, movie called Nine Days. That, that was like, oh, that was my next movie to watch. If we record this tomorrow, it would be on there. I would be watching that. Petite Maman, which has technically been out, but it's coming out, I think, on movie in a, a week. So I <laughs> uh, might be late on that, but I want to see that. Uh, Red Rocket, also another, like, if I had one more day, I would have squeezed this. <laughs> yeah. The guy who did The Florida Project, which made my top 10, and the guy right. who did Tangerine, which made my top 10 also. So, like, Missed that movie. Uh, West Side Story. I heard it was a fucking banger movie, uh, surprisingly. I mean, I did not expect anything from it, but all I hear is positive things. You hear positive things, but I heard it bombed in the box office. Oh, yeah, it did bomb in the box office, but that doesn't mean anything uh, to me anyway. Uh, but I hear that movie's fucking killer. Like, it's made super well. I want to see it now. Uh, Licorice Pizza, PTA, Paul Thomas Anderson's latest movie. I that just heard it was kind of a dud. Me. Yeah, that's the thing. If the trailer didn't attract me enough, but PTA's name kind of usually just makes me go watch it because Phantom Tr- Thread didn't attract me either until I saw it and I'm like, oh, this fucking movie is amazing, you know. But uh, but Licorice Pizza is definitely like his probably least re- least well reviewed movie, and that's going to stop me from going to the theaters to watch it. Yeah. Ultimately, um, Parallel Mother, Parallel Mothers, which I hear is good, and The Tragedy of Macbeth, um, and then whatever else I don't know. Um, but those are my missed opportunities. That will not appear on our list, and I'm sure half of the, some of those you haven't heard are rough, and <laughs> but it's no big deal. Welcome to the internet. Have a look around. Anything that brain of yours can think of can be found. We've got mountains of content, some better, some worse. If none of it's of interest to you, you'd be the first. Welcome to the internet. Come and take a seat. Would you like to see the news or any famous women's feet? There's no need to panic. This isn't a test <laughs> just nod or shake your head and we'll do the rest welcome to the 
internet What would you prefer? Would you like to fight for civil rights Or tweet a racial slur? Be happy, be horny, be bursting with rage We got a million different ways to engage Welcome to the internet Put your cares aside Alright, so without further ado We're going to do our top 10 uh, I think I'll start off this time um, And I'll start by saying My top 10 is already a weird one Super weird uh, it's a movie that's barely a movie. It's about an hour long. It's um, it's the opposite of Outside, Rob. What do you think it's called? Inside. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Bo Burnham's Inside. Bo Burnham's Inside. It is basic. I mean, it's not a comedy special because it's not. It's like a, an actual project that he makes, that he made during the pandemic on his own over the course of a year or so, maybe less. Um in his like shack or something. And it is, it is the best encapsulation of how it felt being quarantined or not just quarantined, just like feeling this world in America, specifically in America, I guess, but mainly the world, I guess you could say Um, the best way ever, the best way to encapsulate the feeling of all this, but as a community, I don't think I've ever felt exactly specific that the things that he's talking about or the things he's railing on, but the thought process of his, his shtick, you know, his comedy, his depression, his all these things, his anxiety is all kind of like, it's all very, very telling and very accurate to how the year felt. And I'm talking about 2020, of course, but it came out in 2021. It is on Netflix. It is a special that got a lot of play. It made a lot of play with a lot of young people, meaning in TikTok and things like that. Um, particularly his Jeff Bezos song, which is interesting because that song is probably the weirdest place one and it's super short and it's really the most nonsensical thing in that short, in this uh, inside, in this hour-long special. And um, and to me, the one that's, that, that cried to me the most, the, the song that really got to me the most, that I really found it super entertaining and whimsically, depressingly accurate is um, Welcome to the Internet song. I don't know the title of it, but you know what I mean. And yeah, I um, Man, this guy is so good. He's so I just feel like I got his wavelength every single time I've seen his specials. And this one's mm-hmm. even more because it's just there is no audience. His anxiety is yeah, his I, own. You know? I, I was watching this with you and I was falling asleep because I liked everything that was going on. I yeah, was yeah. so tired that day. I remember. I remember that I day. I was yeah. so tired. And I, I hate yep. the fact that your, your couch reclines because I was like... Dude, that couch is super comfortable. I, I think oh I'll sleep on that thing. God, I was I like, like, this fucking thing. Yep. That was the worst mistake. I should have sat in a chair to watch. <laughs> yep, you should have. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have fallen asleep in a chair. I mean, I'm. I'm that. I can. I'm narcoleptic basically, but I'm not that narcoleptic. Not that level. Yeah, but, you know, in this movie, also like uh, this, uh, Bo Burnham's inside. It's like also imaginative. It's also inspiring because it makes me feel like, what can I do? in my little space here with a few lights and a camera. It is very inspiring. You are right. It works both ways. And I I love the inspiration. This guy is is very, it's also motivating, even though, like I said, depressing and all this other stuff too. Um, It's a great movie. It's my number 10. Uh, What about you? Your number 10. Um, Yeah. Sticking to, uh, you know, um, normal movies. Mm. Not these shorts you're cheating on. I mean, it won't happen again, really. No, no, no. It's okay. (laughs) I know, I know. Um, my number 10 is a movie that I know you didn't like that much when it came out, or I remember you saying you're not liking it that much, mm-hmm. but it actually really stuck to me a lot, and I actually overall like the message where the world was going, um, and I like the, I love the subject matter, um, and it's a biopic. What movie do you think it is? Biopic. Let me think biopic. Um, 
that I didn't like that much. Your sisters? My sisters. Two sisters. Two sisters, sorry. Um, 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 nope, it's gone. I was thinking what? like radioactive, but that was no. 20, I think. No, 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 no. <laughs> Two sisters who was hmm. sort of about, but about their dad. Oh, fuck me. Really? King Richard. Yeah. Oh, oh, two sisters make biopic. Two sisters. I can't think of a single movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am. Um, I, well, I love the subject matter right away. Um, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that of that subject matter. It's one of those random like, why do you like it? I don't know. Don't, don't explain. No, um, no it's, it's a but, good movie. but besides the point, I I actually like the movie, mm-hmm. and like I like where like the, the I think the message overall, in my opinion, um, is trying to you know tell like uh, you know it's like have kids you know like grow them up as kids, teach them the values, teach them a lot of, you know, different things. It's just uh, about becoming an adult and doing adult stuff already, you know, um, letting them grow up too fast and all this jazz. And I love that message, in my opinion. And I know Will Smith does movies that has to do with those type of messages. He's very much a family person, uh, very much uh, has to have, you know, those kind of, there has to be something in those type of movies, right? Something in it for him. And I think this is a role that he plays. I think he does a really good job. Um, don't get me wrong, the character he plays is kind of an asshole, and I think they kind of washed that over um, uh, for the movie, for the movie's sake. Mm-hmm. But I think he did a great job overall, um, especially how he talks. Um, uh, the beginning of the movie is a lot stronger. I think the first half of the movie is a lot stronger than the second half, um, except for some parts of the second half. Um, but I overall dug it. And like I said, it's this is more of a movie about what's what it's trying to say for me. Um, where I, where especially also like where I am in life, and that's actually a theme yeah. in my list. To be honest with you, yeah, um, yeah, which we'll get to. Which I mean, it makes sense, right? No, that tracks. I really tracks. <laughs> yeah, I can see that and, much more coming from you. Right, right. Um, and I dug it, man. I dug it a lot, and I would recommend this movie to uh, friend of the show or not friend of the show, co sort of co host Luke. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah, you know, part time host. Uh, right, and it's uh, yeah, man. It was just one of those like good feel movies in a weird way where there's a lot of like bad stuff going on but at the same time with the weird guy is he's like a really he's a character to be honest with you uh richard richard yeah. as they give him um dub him the name and uh you know it's it shows that how human a lot of people are and like in a weird way saying it like that i just feel like we don't see that aspect of people not everyone's the same everyone has their own unique ways everyone has their own reasons for doing things and you never know what, why, you know, and seeing it from his perspective and hearing it from his perspective, you see why and what he does, things, you know? Yeah. So, uh, it was a good movie, man. I liked it a lot. So that's my excellent. number 10. That's excellent. Currently on HBO Max, uh, part of the Warner Brothers thing, if you want to catch that in time. Um, my number nine, until number nine, is, uh, here's my, here's my clue for you, Ralph. It is the most horrifying movie that isn't a horror movie. <laughs> horrifying movie? That isn't a horror movie, you said? It's not even remotely a horror movie, but it's horrifying. Oh, oh man, I don't know. That's a... Okay, here's another clue. We reviewed it on the show, and it stars a female protagonist. That's based on a real character. So technically, another biopic, actually. Oh, it's a biopic? Yeah, it's technically a biopic, yes. Oh, man. I thought I, I thought it was going to be The Woman in the Window, but I, it's not a biopic. Um, was, that the, was that 2021? I, I think so, wasn't it? Dude, this year's been fucking long. I don't know. This year's so weird. It, no, it really has been that long, to be honest. It feels with you. long. It feels like this year was. Just <laughs> no, I, I 100% agree with you. Um, Nothing, I guess. All right, any other guess? 
Uh, early, I'll just give you another, one more thing. Was it early in the year or later in the year? Uh, second half of the year, for sure. Second I think half. it came out in November. Or so. Oh, wow. Um, damn. No, I can't think of anything. Got it. It's Spencer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Spencer. Yeah. Spencer made my list. It is horrifying in the sense that you feel every single bit of anxiety is going through this movie. I agree. Yeah. Written by Stephen <laughs> Knight and directed by Pablo Lorraine, who made Jackie a few years back. Um, this movie stars uh, Grace Stewart, who is my nomination for Best Actress of the Year, give or take. Uh, but she's my favorite for sure. Um, nails it in her performance. This is this takes place throughout uh, what's three days or so uh, as she's on holiday to the royal family. And this is Lady D, uh, Princess Diana, sorry, the famous Princess Diana that died in the 90s. Um, super famous, super controversial too. And this movie gets into all of that just by never leaving her side and always showing you what's underneath as well as on the surface of everyone's intentions towards her and what her intentions are towards her own life and her kids and her family. Um, it is a, a stunning portrayal. I really fell for that movie. I gave, we all gave it a positive review on the, movie, on, the, on, the, on the show. Yeah, I dug this movie a lot. Yeah. Yep. And I think this grew in estimation too. I, I liked it more as I thought back on it. Even though I haven't seen it since. You know, I only saw it the one time. But man, and it's hard to watch, obviously. This is not a crowd-pleasing movie by any stretch. There's maybe two jokes in the entire movie. Or two like light-hearted scenes. And most likely with her kids only. But uh, it is so well worth watching. And it somehow makes um, relatable a person that is so wholly unrelatable to everyone on the planet because the royal family, the extra richness of it, the, the core, the fucking traditions, the customs, all this stuff that we would never relate to. Somehow, this movie makes you relate to it by putting her, putting, putting us into her mindset. And obviously, this is all a movie. It's a fake movie, uh, but you know, it's whatever, <laughs> as much as we can figure out from the late Princess Diana's mind. Um, Great movie. Love it so much. Spencer. I don't think you can find it anywhere. I think you can rent it now, actually, on VOD. So. It might be, yeah. It might be a, I think a it's on there, yeah. thing. I think I saw it there somewhere. Check it out there. That is my number nine. Your number eight. Oh, number nine. Sorry. Your number nine. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, my other was. Well, I was thinking of the number. TV ones because I know we switched it back then. Sorry. No, I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my number nine is a movie that actually like literally squeaked by. Um, it's the last movie I saw this year. Um. Mm. Called, uh, or technically that I'm counting that I saw this for this year. And mm-hmm. um, it's a movie. It's actually, go figure. Luke, Luke is, where's Luke? The biopic. Um, <laughs> it's a biopic and it's about uh, black and white protagonists. You know, you know the movie? Yeah, it's, uh, is it Come On, Come On? No, you're so close. Oh, man. Um, I'm trying so, to think of another one. I, I don't remember many, how many black and white movies do you see? Um, and, it's a- and it's actually a prime video movie. Prime Video movie, yeah. Oh, sh- uh, we just fucking trashed uh, Prime Video movies. I don't know really the one yeah. that I liked, uh, much less one that was great. I- I'm sorry, I don't remember. Nope. No, no. Uh, my- mine's is Aaron Sorkin's Being the Ricardos. Oh, that is black. And- you're fucking. Oh, you watched it. Nice. Oh, I, I did watch that it. movie. Was black and white. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I forgot. Well, because the cover is in. Well, the movie is half black and white, half color. Oh, okay. Um, okay, isn't it? Right, I, 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 I say black and white protagonist because of the show. Also, oh, okay, so, you uh, you tend to yeah, be right. So, I was like, yeah, and, and weird, I was being, I was being fancy. I was being, yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah, fancy um, threw me off. Yes, I, I'm sorry. My apologies. My apologies. But I can see why you went, where you went with. Come on, come on. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, uh, yeah, I dug this movie a lot. Um, I saw it. Recommended. I had seen the. Remember, I, I told you I saw the poster of it, and I was like, 
whatever. Like, I don't know when this movie's out. You're like, well, it's out. <laughs> oh shit, <laughs> go figure. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I I dug this movie a lot. I watched it with uh, with my wife, um, mm-hmm. who uh, go figure. She's actually seen I Love Lucy because um, my wife is like, she, I think she's good from these last ten years, and then she has a blank slate. Yeah, for the rest 20, of time. From the rest of time, right? Yeah, and then right. it's movie shows that didn't even exist or we weren't alive to see technically when they came out but just the reruns that's the kind of shit that she's yeah okay she's seen i love lucy she's seen like all those kind of shows right yeah not all of them but a good portion of them right Uh, right. so it was it was a good good watch for me and her and i dug this a lot um i love i i dug nicole kidman um i would say obviously it's a little bit harder to believe as a lucy right Mm -hmm. um but i think i i did dig her a lot in the owner she is and you didn't even know like i mean i don't know anything about her more than the show i knew she was um a force you know yeah um and i, I didn't know it was like this though like that's a like that's a really strong force that's like a hurricane you know coming your way and it's like nothing you can do about it you know yeah uh it's it's crazy and uh javier about them i think does a really great job too especially as uh just play as desi yeah um uh, I, I dug that a lot too. Um, I love seeing the intro for this. Um, so many memories that come back up of watching it. Just the, like that one scene when they're in the that flower cutting thing. The way she was obsessed with it. Oh yeah. my god! Yes, but yeah. that that one scene in the writers' room where they're telling her what the future is going to be and getting those episodes. Mm. Um, oh, that's what, and I and it's like. You're talking about golden episodes, like like these are like staples in I Love Lucy. Yeah, you know, and it's like, and you can see her mind working to make it just that great, and telling them why it's so important for her. Um, you know, giving you like the crowd shouldn't be taught that you know shouldn't we shouldn't be yes. dumb, and it's yeah. just that you know watching that it was, I I loved every aspect of it, um, yep. all those things that happened. It was it was fantastic. It was a fantastic movie for me. Um, and it's also good to see uh, Nicole uh, Nicole Kidman actually working, not just uh, giving me a commercial for AMC Theaters. Um, oh my god, I really hate these commercials. <laughs> I almost don't want to ever go back to them. I, feel I know, people. I know. I almost want to be late on purpose. Just like, right, but the shit, thing is that the movie starts right after, so you're cutting it, it close. You're cutting it so close. Yeah, if I it mean, was like the first thing before trailers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just so weird. I just I feel like right. uh, I get it. I get your, you know, you're advertising yourself. But we're there already. Or like, put this commercial already. on TV, not here. I know. I mean, I thought it was really cool the first couple times, maybe like two. <laughs> After that, I was like, rough. And yeah. the, and uh, they have edited though; they have changed it up. If mm. you've noticed. Um, oh, okay. But besides I, the point, I didn't. It's besides the point. You tune out. <laughs> good scene. Good scene here. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah act. Good in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> in a movie. Yeah. So do you agree uh, with me that she pulls off a, a surprisingly better Lucy than than her role in Bewitched, or was that? Well, so like look wise, yeah. right? Look wise, right. she looks closer to the. She looks closer to the other actors, right? The yeah. Bewitched and stuff like that, yeah. which is like one hundred percent true. That's fine, but man, she fucking this great Lucy. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's really good. Um, and just seeing her do certain things. I don't think I've ever seen a fall comically in my entire career. Like watching all Nicole Kidman's movies, give or take. I don't think I've ever seen her comically fall into this movie playing Lucy. I, I don't. Yeah, I I'm don't trying know to think I, of another one. I can't. I can't think of one. Yeah, I don't know. But sure I, I don't know. I, I dug it a lot. Uh, Aaron Sorkin did a great job. I mean, obviously, I, I you know I love it a lot because the writing, the writing right. is 
stellar sure. in this movie. And obviously, the cast does just a great job. J.K. Simmons, by the way, loves J.K. Simmons. He's a good Mertz. He's a good uh, friend. I mean, he's yeah. such a good. He's a friend. Like he's just like a friend in real life. <laughs> it's just so funny right. how like how how Fred he he's literally Fred. Just, that's it. Like they just pulled him off the street, and it feels like Fred would make J. Jonah Jameson years like, years later. Just, uh, yeah, it, it, I don't know why. It just feels like in a, in a weird way. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's my number nine. Uh, being the Ricardos, it's an excellent number nine. I didn't expect that. I also didn't expect you you catch in time. Um, my hey, number I eight. Co- I had COVID. I had COVID. That that's right. That's right. No, it's a perfect time to do it. My number eight is a movie you probably have not seen. I don't think you have. But uh, I have talked about it on the show in, in recent discovery stuff. Uh, stuff. But uh, here, let's see if I, I'm trying to think of a clue. Um, it involves Las Vegas, a male protagonist, and redemption. Anything comes to mind? Las Vegas, uh, male protagonist, and redemption. <laughs> yeah, like um, redemption. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's a lot of thing here. With redemption. Vegas? Did I, I saw this movie? No, I don't think you have. But I did talk about it, and uh, talk about so many movies. I can keep up with you. You're right. I can. I can't really keep up with myself. Um, I'll say this. I'll give you the starring guy. How about that? Because you're right. Maybe you haven't seen it all. Um, it stars Oscar Isaac, okay. Ty Sheridan, Willem Dafoe, and Tiffany Haddish. It is. Uh, I don't know what it's called. The Card I... Counter. The car... <sighs> which I don't think you've seen, right? Correct. No, I didn't see it, but damn. Card that, counter, yeah. That was advertised early in the year, wasn't it? Yeah, I don't know. I don't have the date when it came out, but it came out around halfway through the year. I saw it a little after that, though. I saw it like in uh, October or somewhere on there. Okay. And um, written and directed by Paul Schrader, who is, uh, for me, like one of those, one of those like writers, one of those creators in film. Like one of those, uh, I don't want to say Godfathers of film because I mean he's definitely that old to be that <laughs> to be one of those. Yeah. Um, but you know he's uh, the guy who shows his work for. It. He doesn't just write. He has written books on editing and writing and best stuff on how to make films and stuff like that. But not only that, and they're iconic. But he he shows up. He backs up his work by you know writing Taxi Driver and fucking First Reform and all these fucking Absolution and shit. Like he backs it up with some pretty stellar writing. And obviously the guy is very adult, mature, dark writing. And Card Counter is no different than that. And I, I would submit that Oscar Isaac would be my nomination for Best Actor of the Year, give or take. Oh, there you go. Um, and it, it might be his best performance, although it would be, I'm pretty sure, overlooked by the vast majority of people because it is his least, you know, emotional one. It is very reserved, but his acting is subtle and sublime and very much like if you're looking at this movie, if you're paying attention to the movie, I don't say why you wouldn't if you're watching it. But uh, man, you you you'd see a lot going on behind those eyes, going on here as this card counter, this guy who um, basically not a nine to five, but like a nine to nine, fucking card player, you know, poker card and uh, and shit. And Damn. and Tiffany Haddish plays his support, and then this guy comes in from his past, maybe, and there's a revenge plot going on, and uh, the movie shows you in brutal fashion the history of a huge mistake uh, that America played that. You know, Oscar Isaac's character is a part of, or was a part of in his whole life, and how that always comes back at some point. And it should be not shied away, should not be feared from, it should be looked at completely eyes wide open. So, yeah, hard movie to watch for sure. Two hard movies in a row for me, Spencer and The Car Counter, but there you go. And yeah. uh, they're both different types too. And I wouldn't call The Car Counter a horror movie by any stretch, although it has that fucking Abu Grape scene that's fucking insane to watch for sure. 
what's funny is that I remember watching the trailer for this and it looked so interesting, but at the same time, so off-putting. <laughs> yeah. Also hard to recommend, though. It's, it doesn't play by any conventions, really. Um, yeah. And it has an ending that no one will like as far as like normal audiences out there. But I think you and I, Rob, could handle it and other people have, too. Um, but it's a, it's a movie not to be missed for sure. The card counter. I think, um, you know, honestly, these middle movies, starting with number eight, eight to like three, you know, are going to feels almost interchangeable. At one point, this movie was my number three, but I just put it down here uh, just cause, because I want to highlight others more. But it's no big deal. Really, This, this is a arbitrary list. But man, the card counter, really good movie. Surprised me, too. Um, that's my number. What is that? Eight. Your number eight, Ralph. That's that's awesome. That's awesome. I'm gonna add it to my shirt, to my list to watch. Um, yes, I can send it to you. I, think I have it. Now that I have three days off at work, hmm. I'll be able to watch that. Um, my number eight is, um, you know, I guess me and you have themes in a weird way that we didn't think to talk to each other about. <laughs> Expect, yeah. Um, my number eight is, a, so I, I'll give you a thing. It's a, it's a writer director combo. It's the same guy, right? Did the same okay, thing. and. It's actually in black and white. Okay, this is come on, come on. Okay, this is come on. Come okay, on. Mike Mills, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's Mills. the only one I get. Yeah. I'm like, did you watch Belfast? I don't think you yeah. watch Belfast. So no, you know good. what? You know what's funny? That's black and white. I, also, written yeah, directed by. I, I, one you know what's funny is that Belfast is another movie that I missed out. I wanted to watch, but besides the point, mm-hmm. um, I saw the trailer too many times that I, I don't know, it looked interesting. Anyways, yeah. besides the point, this is come on, come on. This is um, no biopic. Finally, away from biopics. Um, it is autobiographical. But, uh, it seems like anyway. I don't. Seems know. I like don't it very it much. Is, so I no, I don't think it is either. But it does, does a good, really good job. Yeah. Um. And uh, you know, speaking of actors who are amazing, uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, yeah. just we already know that he's an amazing actor. Let's just go ahead and put him with kids and see. You know, if he also another best actor of the year for sure. Doesn't get yeah very much so. Doesn't get tormented. Um, I dug this movie a lot, a lot, and especially just like where where it goes. Um, Woody Norman, uh, Jesse, the kid. Fantastic job as well, being a fucking kid. Um, and uh, I, I felt, I loved how, I loved how, like, you very, I, it's just a simple, it's such a simple movie to, to watch, but a parent understands it right away. Um, and, like, a, it's like a movie for non parents to know about what a parenting is. You know, like, gives you, like, the small glimpse of parenting um, in a weird way, gives you this, like, like you can see where you can see the amount of you know things that a parent has to do, um, and just like also get to like enjoy and in raising enjoy slash heartache slash everything that comes with raising a child, you know. Um, and uh, I love that it's, it's especially the age of the kid of Jesse. He's he's at that perfect age of where he's basically getting to be almost an adolescent, right? He's almost, he's still a couple years away, right? But he's, he's basically there. So he's obviously his own person. He's got his own everything, you know, you just have to, you're dealing with a little person, essentially a little human being who you have to know that you teach them the right things. Hopefully Mm -hmm. you're teaching them things. Right. But at the same time, they they have their own world. They're, they're in, they live their own life, you know, and you have to acknowledge that and you have to, you know, um, foster that, and you have to. There's a lot of things going on in this movie that I, I really dig, and then seeing it from the perspective of um, of Johnny, which is Joaquin Phoenix's character, of having just to take care of him for like a week, um, and just seeing what the has to go through and all these things, and it's 
you know, on top of working and doing, <laughs> it's so cool. Um, and I love the aspect of him uh, having his, I think it's like a podcast or show or whatever he does, uh, interviewing kids, whatever his project is, interviewing kids about what they want to do in life. And that, those scenes of doing the kid, doing the interviews with the kids. I think the movie starts off with that too, if I'm correct. I think so, um, yeah. Uh, doing those interviews with kids, seeing what they want to do in life, how they want to grow up, what they've been through and stuff like that. It's really cool. Um, love asking kids because they're all so unique. You know, I feel like asking adults is like very boring because they don't. You know, <laughs> everyone has their guard up. It's not about being bored. Boring. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think adults are boring. I just think adults are very much. They're not as open-minded, you know, as uh, as a kid is. They're not as. Um, there's so much hope in a kid still. Not to say that adults don't have hope, but it's just different, especially depending on the type of those type of questions that are you know harder for adults to answer. I would say, um, I just feel like it's so, it feels so like open and unique. Um, and just like this perspective of life that I almost want to give you my kid for a week so you could go experience it, you know? Um, you, Oscar. Yeah. Not anybody else. Yeah. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's, uh, it's a crazy ride, man. And I love, I dug it a lot. And, uh, the black and white art style, uh, I, I love, I dig it. I dig it a lot. I mean, no artist, but and that's just a jab at you. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's really good. I really enjoy it. So it's my number eight. Excellent number eight. Excellent. I'm gonna say right now that I made him a short list, but then oh. I'll make a list. Though. Um, but yeah, very close to my short list. Um, excellent number eight. Am I uh, moving on to number seven? My number seven is uh, a movie that I am pretty sure will be on your list. I'm just gonna guess that one. So that's the first clue right there. Second clue, and I think the only clue I really need. It is the biggest movie of the year. What do you think it is? Spider-Man Away Home. Yes. Another spider Not only another Spider-Man movie in my top 10. Another <laughs> one. In, in, in a sea of Marvel. Not just Marvel, but Sony nice. and other things. Yeah. Um, superhero movies that I, I've always liked. Yeah. Rarely love. Uh-huh. And, you know, harder to defend of its merits. Because they're all, a lot of them are the same. Um, I just can't justify them. I really can't justify them to my top 10. Even though I love, um, you know, Infinity War and uh, what's that one? Uh, yeah, part two of that. <laughs> Fuck, I already forgot. Endgame, Endgame. There you go. Um, not to mention uh, other movies in general, but Spider Verse, for example, is the only other one that made my top ten. If we were doing top tens during Watchmen year, might 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 have made it there too. But man, this No Way Home. Uh, we talked a lot about it. We gave it a huge long review, like fifty minute review on that. We really did, yeah. So I won't go too much into it. That was also a recent review. We did it two shows ago around that time. Um, so it's all recent and stuff. And um, and I cannot wait to rewatch this movie so much so that I, I've already seen the three Tobey Maguire movies already. And then I'm going to see the, the two Andrew Garfields. And then because and, I think this I can't wait to see these movies again in order and just see how much they paid off those mistakes from those other movies. They get Peter Parker correct and they mix in the spectacle of today's Marvel Marvel fanfare type movie and combine them and then make it its own to just the superhero as we've known and loved him. And he he has, he has risen as the probably the number one, if he wasn't already, he is for sure cemented as the number one most beloved uh, audience favorite hero, you know, Um, it is crazy. Yeah. It's in cinema and probably comic books too. Why not? Um, Yeah. Why not? Why not? And uh, yeah, 
And, you know, I mean, this, this is a movie that's really been seen a lot. I'm not going to super spoil it, but all the returning cast from those other movies, it's insane. It's such a great thing that should not have worked, but it did work. And this is my, my number one pick of the year. That's my most delightful to watch. I delightfully watched this movie. I yeah. ate it up. It was the ice cream of the year. It was the fucking whatever. Yeah. And it was the Buñuelo of the year, the best one ever. And it's like, the Buñuelo of the year. yeah, I was just thinking, I was looking at my Buñuelo. Like sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And man, it's so enjoyable. The most enjoyable, the most escapism fun. This is what I wanted more of these in the year, but I got this one and I'm surprised it made my list and it did. So much fun to watch. I'm so glad I have a fun one because I just mentioned two depressing ones, but um, <laughs> you did. Yes, I did. And that's to say there are other fun ones on here, but it's by far the best, <laughs> the most fun I had in the movie theater this entire year and maybe the last two years on it since the pandemic started. It's the most fun I've had in the movie theater. Okay. So I haven't had as so much, honestly, I, I try to think of like, you should make this list one day, like most enjoyable sits in a, in a movie theater movies because i think the list would be i mean sometimes similar but like overall it's, it's always different and fun and it's always a fun like, yeah that movie got me that movie got to me like you know i haven't felt this way since cabin in the woods you know like that was so much fun in the theater the spider oh, oh my god yeah. felt similar to me i agree so, so enjoyable so yeah that's my number what is that seven seven spider-man no way home uh-huh your number seven rough uh yeah it's a great pick great pick um, my number seven, uh, sticking to the kid theme, hmm. right? Um, but going animated. So it's not Luca, though, because I know that much. <laughs> you do know that much. But in a similar tone, it's the movie that you missed out on watching. Is it Ron's Gone Home? Wrong. Gone Wrong. Sorry, Ron's yes. Gone Wrong. Yes. You're not wrong. You're just, that's the name of the title. Ron's yeah. Gone Wrong. Well, you um, think yeah, you've gone home, no way home. I was confused. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. I see it. Man, I, I gotta say this uh this movie is one of those movies I've actually seen you know more than once. This <laughs> in its around. entirety, yeah. In its entirety, yeah. Don't get me wrong, my kid loves to stop movies midway through and uh, watch the other yeah, half. I got, yeah, that was really hard watching that with him. Like oh my god, he's I know, it's just like it just hurts. It hurts it hurts me. Yeah. It hurts my soul. Um oh, anyway, just watch the scene, just watch those. Just watch the scene. Okay. Just stop, right. stop, 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 stop. Right. Yeah, I know, I know. Um yeah. that being said, uh I dug this movie a lot. I love the message of this movie. Um, which is, you know, obviously very ironical when you have my kid watching his iPad at the same time. Um, yes, yes. But besides the point, I love the message of this movie. And it's not, I don't think it's more about the iPad thing, but it's more like, um, um, it's more about like where we are with technology. Um, why, you know, going so far that way to the point where, Kids can't be like kids almost in a weird way of saying how they were when we were kids without technology because we did live in that era, right? Yeah, um, for sure. Very much so. And uh, where it feels like, why, you know, giving those, the, the movie starts off with them making a robot, like the biggest company, which is like a Google almost, right? Mm -hmm. um, making a robot for kids, like to be your best friend of the box. Literally, that's the. the Exactly. Yeah, that's how it's marketed. Yeah, yeah, that's how it's marketed, right? And it's like it knows everything about you, all your all your information, and it uses that, and it uses that to help you make friends. You have shared interests, and you do this, and you poop girls, poop girl, all right? And there's all those things that it has. But having this kid, like I said, it's the beginning of the movie, so it's not a big deal. Um, having this kid get one who happens to be a fresh model with, like, just the. Uh, not even it's like just the fact that it has the algorithm, but it doesn't have like everything 
connected to it. It's all fresh. It's all like just not fresh, but like plain, like like almost like just the operating system. That's basically it. You know, it doesn't have anything else on it. And him teaching this robot and becoming, you know, friends and doing things that you would do with like a friend, you know, just in like yeah. he has to teach it instead. It's like a forced friend that happens to be there, but it happens to make him be better and do these things and have this. It's, it's fantastic. And it shows you what like the, it was like the power of what a kid can do. And very much so, very similar theme in the aspect of, of, um, of Come On, Come On, right? With like with the kid and how they're all their own people and they're all their own, you know, like they're smarter than we all think, you know. Um, even though with our we spend our lives have helping them and showing them and teaching them stuff like that. Um, and I dig this to the point where obviously you made my top ten. Um, I dig this to the point where it's it's the message it says and all the things. It's so it's it's very powerful to see. Um, for a movie to be very self-aware of the time, you know, um, I don't think it's late. It's not, like some movies, you know, feel dated, you know, like all oh, this message is too late, right? Or whatever the case is. I feel it's like almost right on the nose. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's almost like just because of COVID and stuff like that. Uh, seeing all these things and where we are and what we can do, not to change it or anything, but just what we can do and what we should be doing and what we should be teaching our kids and telling our kids. And that's basically like i said my theme of this year um not my biggest theme but don't get me wrong yeah. i have yeah. i have my own movies no i really like these little thing little thing you got going on here and you know yeah. I, I kind of expected this movie only because i know that you recommended me at two different times this one particular movie and in general you recommend some children's movies over the course of any year yeah. um like you i think you recommended i forget what the other one was but you recommend others um or you're like oh yeah i like that one um but when you recommend it twice i'm like oh shortlist <laughs> sure. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see many of them, you would know what the best one. I, I do like. watch a lot of, you know, and usually yeah. around Christmas time, I watch more because there's more animated stuff there. Um, but yeah, it's uh, man, I, I really dig it. Um, I wish I caught and, it. It made my mist, but nice. yeah, I know, I know, I did, I know, I did. Um, it's just yeah, man, it's one of those movies. And go figure, uh, Zach Galifianakis is the voice of the robot. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, he's pretty chameleon-like. I never recognize his uh, animated voice because he's done many of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I never really don't, get it. Don't, yeah. don't get me wrong. The movie has its faults and stuff like that. But yeah. I just feel like everything else is saying and everything else that happens. It's really cool, man. It's, uh, it's uh, super cool to watch. So uh, my, my my recommended movie, I think it's on Disney+. Plus. I think it's on HBO Max. I, I know they know it's technically not a Disney movie. Um, I don't even know who makes it, to be honest with you. But whatever the case is, it's still good. Go ahead and watch mm-hmm. it. Uh, Ron's gone wrong. My number, what are we, seven? seven? That was your number seven, yes. Now on to my number six here. Um, I should say, though, Spider-Man No Way Home is by far the most general audiences. It's oh, pretty much sure. all adult after this. I mean, it was pretty adult before Spider-Man 2. Uh-huh. Um, so, yes, that's as kid-friendly as I get uh, on the last one. I would say close second place is the Bo Burnham one because a lot of teenagers love that one. But um, everything else pretty much mature. Uh, with that in mind, my number six, and here's the clue, Raf, it involves... A, f- a great filmmaker, an excellent filmmaker from the 90s, super famous in the 90s, coming back as an older timer guy making another movie. Um, that's one clue. Another one, oh, that's not a really good clue. Let me go back to this one. Um, it's a period piece. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll, under the clues, it's going to be like, it's a cast of people you've never heard of, but that's not going to help you at all. Um, oh, that's not going to help you at all. Uh, it takes place in Italy, and it's a period piece from 17th century. 
period anything. piece from 17th century. Well, it takes place in the 17th century. The movie. Oh, okay. Is, not the movie um, made it in, but yeah. I saw this movie this year? No, I don't think you've seen it, but I mentioned it before. Um, yeah. It is made by Paul Verhoeven. Okay. No, I didn't see it. I, know, no. I think I understand what it is. It is Benedetta. Um, which I mentioned in a recent discovery not too long ago. So this is, I saw this in December. Um, and this movie, um, I may have short sold it back when I did talk about it in my recent discoveries, although I did hail it then. I would say that I, I like it even more now. It is provocative. It is dangerous. It is somehow sexy and brutally unsexy at the same time and <laughs> complicated. It is in your fucking face it is controversial it is all these things for me i best equate it to it is this year's um most dangerous movie or i should say most controversial movie which could mean the same thing depending who you ask um the same way the last temptation of christ martin scorsese's movie was the year that came out i should watch this with my parents I will never, but you can tell definitely. <laughs> no, tell I can't do, do that. Fucking, I, I can get him to start this No, no, I, you live tweet that because I'm not going to be there. Because, uh, <laughs> I could get them to start this movie. Finishing it is a different like, I'm going to go make popcorn and just leave for two hours. Yeah. Right. Lock all the doors. Yes. Make them watch Hide the remotes. I yeah, tried anyway. making them watch Dogma. Remember that year? I tried. Uh, when it was, oh, I remember. Younger. Yeah, I remember. Terrible. That was a terrible idea. Yeah. Terrible idea, and that's like nothing. We had be- we had better luck with Ninja's girl. Are you kidding me? Yes, and we barely got. No, no they stopped it. They stopped. They stopped it. it. They stopped yeah, it. They I remember. <laughs> anyway, watch that one. Anyways, continue, this yeah. movie is not super famous. I'm gonna read the description here. A 17th century nun in Italy suffers from disturbing religious and erotic visions. Right away, pretty fucked up. Pretty controversial. She is assisted by a companion, and the relationship between the two women develops into a romantic love affair. Ah, uh, yeah, definitely not for your faint of heart. <laughs> and it's Paul Verhoeven, guys. Paul Verhoeven made famous for doing Basic Instinct, which is not a great movie, but great at the time. Um, Showgirls. He did RoboCop. You know, uh, Total Recall, Starship Troopers. The guy is famous for making counter against the grain type movies and and, and but also hiding them in these blockbuster epics and what's funny is that these are like a lot of cult movies we're talking about here yeah yeah exactly and i mean called also cult now but um they were some of them were, <laughs> were huge back then too but yeah yes. no no look at me wrong they're huge but at the same time like now you look at them they're like cult staples almost you know if you think yeah, about it for sure yeah, i mean for so. i love starship i watched that movie not right, every so, year but a lot no starship troopers i've seen the movie more and times recall. than i probably should have same with total recall um yeah, yeah. and then same thing with uh robocop robocop is one of those movies that as a kid you watch like this fucking badass is robo with a cop fucking right RoboCop, but you right? actually look at it as an adult like oh they're, Bro, fucking as an adult. they're the top fucked up the things that we have problems today about the police force <laughs> it's like, unreal Jesus, dude unreal. i know watching watching it now as an adult is like fuck it's man, thing with troopers, like you want to be on everyone's side but they're communists or they're not communists they're the republic and it's really weird and fucked up actually yeah the they reminds- live and they yeah actually reminds oh, me a lot of like starcraft like terran and people like that but yeah yeah anyways. yeah anyway but this one's no different and obviously, he's focusing on completely different things here, different subject matter, but he nails it. And it is it is visceral as well as it is entertaining. It is both, just like his old movies were. Um, and it, it works. It really works. And it's hard to watch, yes, but it's also fun to watch at the same time. And if that's not Paul Verhoeven, I don't know who, who am I describing. No one else. You know, very few people. Spike Lee also does this a lot with this movie sometimes. Um, but yeah. Very great. I mean, uh, the guy hasn't missed a step, I guess, because he's a great. He returned with a banger, 
Benedetta is currently available to rent on VOD and stuff. Check it out. That is my number six. Dope. That's dope, man. What's yours, man? That's a good one. My um, switching gears from kids. Um, my young adults. <laughs> young adults. No, to uh, to a uh, a Lin Manuel Miranda movie. What? Um, okay. it is in the Heights. Obviously, no, I'm kidding. I was it is say, uh, I tick, tick, boom, um, which I already knew. He didn't have to say anything. I knew you weren't going to say in the heights. Um, Actually, I was just to mess with you. No, you wouldn't have. No, you wouldn't have. Don't lie. Well, I, li- I know I liked <laughs> in the heights more than I think everyone in the review. And it yeah, no, I, sense, so. no, no, of course. <laughs> right, of course, of course. Uh, but st- I, again, this is like a Luke list to save all of Luke's list because I think I have like three or four biopics in my movies so far, um, which is yeah. un- unreal. A hundred percent. Yeah, you know, I had a. We talked it over. I said I'd do at least five. <laughs> we talked it over. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That being said, uh, Andrew Garfield, you forget, and uh, I think we talked about this on our show, um, on our episode review when we reviewed the movie, was uh, you forget how good of an actor he is. Like, <laughs> just, um, I haven't seen him in a while. This is his year. This because of like, this movie and Spider-Man. You know, oh, 100%. Yeah. Uh, uh, supporting. And, and just watching this, uh, watching this, what's it called? Watching him act, watching him sing, watching him do everything, you know, um, be a uh, theater, you know, a theater person. Um, it's just fantastic. And uh, I, I dug it a lot, man. It's a, it's a really cool story. Um, I dug the music. Um, I'm normally not a musical guy. Musicals by far my least favorite, you know, uh, what's it called? Genre. Subject when it comes to genre. There you go. Mm-hmm. I couldn't think of the genre is my least favorite genre. Don't get me wrong. I love some musicals a lot. You know, and when I love them, I love them. But other things are just like, nope, not today, evil witch. You know, it's just like, I just can't yeah. get into them. This movie was like, oh, fuck, it's a musical. Literally, like, fucking the moment I started hearing somebody sing. Oh, my God. I was like, yeah. and but the movie wins you over, man. It's it's done so well. Um, and I dug it, man. I dug it a lot. It was just one of those, like, really powerful acting going on. Um, tone, the message that's going on in it as well. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like this like nervous breakdown of a guy who's about to turn thirty. You know, yeah. like thinking, thinking right. his world is over because he hasn't done anything in his life. And I'm like, bro, I'm 33. What are you talking about? Like, you know, it's just funny because like I know friends or other people in my life that have been like that, and I'm like, I haven't done anything. And I'm like, like, dude, like you're you're gonna live longer than thirty. I don't understand, and I've never gotten that. You know, I've never understood that from people. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I plan on living to like my 80s at least. The fuck. Like, what am I worried about 30, you know? Right. Like, and I'm like, and I th- I feel like I'm thinking small. Like, you're thinking about like, your life's over at 30. Jesus Christ. Like, mm-hmm. like that's crazy. And I like, watching this and, like, it, you he makes you feel it. I, I think that it just does that good of a job. Um, and the movie's just really good uh, overall. And it's a good, good play that's being shown to us, technically, that we, no one, or not many people maybe saw. Um, but now that we get to Technically, in a weird way, see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's my number six. Am I correct? Yes, that is your number six. It's your excellent six. number six. Currently on Netflix, guys, if you want. Currently to on Netflix, yeah. Well, actually, I, that, guess that, what, I guess it'll always be on Netflix. But yeah. Right, technically, yeah. Uh, it's one of Netflix's uh, good catches. Yes, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, most, most definitely. Great number six. I love it. Um, I think we're going to take a break at that point and say that from now on, things will be serious. But uh, we're going to take a little quick break. And when we come back, obviously, we'll continue on with our five to ones. Um, It's funny. We haven't had an overlap yet or a duplicate or copy, whatever you call it, 
Um, but I'm sure we will. We'll have at least one. We always do at least have one. I remember one year we had like four. It was crazy. Um, but yeah, stay with us until then. You ready? I'm ready. Nice knowing you, Spider-Man. Wait, excuse me? The entire world's about to forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Everyone? God. Can't some people still know? That's not how the spell works. So my girlfriend's just going to forget about everything we've been through? I mean, is she even going to be my girlfriend? All right, fine. Everyone in the world's going to forget that you're Spider-Man, except your girlfriend. Thank you so much. Oh, my God, Ned. Okay, let's not change the parameters of this spell anymore while I'm casting Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I swear I'm done. I'm done. And we're back. And let us proceed with our five to one, starting with me, of course, with my number five. Uh, Ralph, I don't think you have seen this movie. Um, now I don't know how I know that, but maybe. Um, but my number five came earlier in the year. It was nominated from last year's Oscars. So that's a weird, maybe that's one that limits it to a lot of movies. I don't know. Uh, okay. Um, and I guess I don't want to say it's foreign film. It's like foreign picture, but I basically is foreign film exactly. and it's, um, Hindu or Indian. Okay, I have zero clue. Oh, okay. It's a movie. It's on Netflix. I think it came uh, out on Bali part two. Never here. never knew they made a sequel to that. Um, it's called The White Tiger, which I don't know. Have you heard of that movie, The White Tiger? You no, know, I. It sounds vaguely familiar. Uh, okay. Who's it with? Anybody I know? Oh, nobody. Uh, nobody I know for sure. I mean, you definitely have delved more into Bollywood than I have, so maybe, maybe you do. But um, the description reads: An ambitious Indian driver uses his wit and cunning to escape <sighs> from poverty and rise to the top. And I epic- did. I did want to watch this movie. I remember it now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember, right. I, I saw a trailer. trailer for it, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It stars Adarsh Guraf, Rakumar Rao, Priyanka Chopra Jonas, or Jonas, or Jonas probably, Vedan Shinha, and it's written and directed by uh, Ramin um, Barani, who is the reason I saw the movie. Now he's never done like he's never done a. I mean he's done bad movies before or movies that didn't work out. Like he did the Fahrenheit 451 movie, which was kind of a flop, and I didn't enjoy it either. But he made awesome movies like Man Push Card, 99 Homes, which I think made my shortlist, if not my top 10 that year. Um, so he's a solid director um, when he has something uh, at any price. I also enjoyed. But uh, this time around, he went to India to make his latest, uh, The White Tiger. And it is a it is both a racks to riches. It is like almost like a Scarface. It isn't Scarface in the sense of there's drugs and there's violence, but it's not about the violence the way Scarface is. But it has all these, all these, uh, all these things working for it. All these like big picture things about life and what does success mean to someone? What does how does it feel to be, uh, be in poverty and this like you know the tight grip the the vice that being in poverty is to your lifestyle and everything you want uh you to the point where like you know uh a good half of this movie or roughly maybe less than that is you spend it with the main character obviously this main character who's in poverty this indian driver guy who is um who whose biggest aspiration is to be a servant for a big for a rich family like his dreams are to be a servant for a rich family because that guarantees uh, steady pay, even though obviously the pay is shit or shit compared for the work he has to do. And like, you know, the movie really makes you 
deal with that, you know, and then makes the character realize how shitty it is and then deal with that himself. It is uh, quite a crazy movie, actually. And uh, there is this, like, uh, I don't want to say gimmick. It kind of feels like a gimmick, I guess. But this is a movie concept thing going on through the movie. Um, that concept, there's a, there's a word for it. But um, mechanism, I guess, the storytelling mechanism throughout the movie where, because um, he's telling us a story from a different time of his life. And most of the movie is him telling us his, his life story, right? Huh. And, uh, and, and he's writing this letter to, I forget who's coming to India to visit, but he's writing a letter to some big successful something. And I forget who it is. I think it's Chinese president or something. I don't remember. And, um, and, he, and in his letter, he's writing his life story, essentially. And the gimmick, I would say, works half the time. It's a little annoying sometimes. So I would say that that's not the biggest thing that's positive about the movie. And it starts that way. So hopefully it doesn't deter people too far. But the movie itself is fantastic. Great fucking acting. There's some real like, oh, man, there's some real moments in this movie where you're like, what in the fuck? Like, it's both like, like, that is so pristinely uncool, unfair, fucked up, like the nature of because rich people will always be rich people no matter what culture you're in you know what i'm saying yeah, like of you know there's always as holery and bias and uh spoilery whatever being spoiled or all these other things privilege i guess is a better term um for every kind of culture and it just looks maybe a little different in the customs but otherwise it's the same and this movie does that too and it puts all that into your face, just like right up to your face. It makes you fucking laugh one minute and then fucking be disgusted the next one. So um, it's a polarizing, really cool movie. I love it. I, a lot of emotions going through it. Uh, I felt for the main actor. I felt for everyone, even some, even that rich kid, uh, the one he was uh, driving for. Um, I felt for them. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a, I wouldn't say it's a hard movie to watch because it's also kind of fun. It's also fun. It has, it's very kinetic, moves around. Uh, even though it's super serious. So, yeah, that is my number five, The White Tiger, which was nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Part, part that was, uh, that was the, the, the connection I was talking about earlier. So it was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, I think, or adapted, maybe. I'm not sure. I think it was original. Um, but anyway, um, great movie. Check it out, guys, on Netflix. Uh, what is your number five, Ralph? Uh, good pick, good pick. I did want to watch this when I saw the trailer. I think it was last year, though, right? Or early, early, it must have been early, early. This no, year. if you look it up, it says 2021. Um, but yeah, it came out like in February or January. Or something. No, January, end of January. You're looking mm-hmm. at the poster now, but I see it. Yeah. Um, my um, number five is another animated movie. Um, probably, I would say probably the biggest one this year. Well, what do you think? I think that's enough to give you the biggest uh, animated film of the year. Yeah. Oh, um, Okay, uh, I'm going to go with Encanto. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, because I was like, Luca wasn't that big as people thought it was going to be. And uh, No, I don't think, I also think it's just the fact that it didn't make theaters either. And, oh, uh, right, because it was still like, uh, yeah, Encanto came out when everyone was going to the movies. Right, exactly. So it was not, yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. awesome, Encanto, wow. Yeah, um, Encanto is, uh, what's it called? It's, you know, it's crazy. It's, uh, technically it's Disney, right? But I want to say it's like Disney, it's, I mean, Disney Pixar, they're all in the same company. But it's like a... It is a Disney movie. It's just... It's such a weird... How do I, how do I put this? We've had talked to... We have, we have had talks about this, me and you. About how yeah. Disney and, and then Pixar itself as well, but mainly Pixar, 
puts out just original content all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And how, like, how, how, like, strong that it, like, it's, it's not, it's rare, but at the same time, it's just like, we almost take it for granted. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I just feel like this movie, um, don't get me wrong, it's like, obviously, it's, you know, I've seen many tones of this, you know, in other, in other ones, in other movies and stuff, but this movie feels so um, tailored to um, experiences of people, pro- which is, makes sense because people are our age um, now are, you know, becoming filmmakers and, uh, or have already been filmmakers and stuff like that and just, or storytellers and stuff like that, you know? Um, yeah. It just feels so like hit hits really home right into the um, into the culture right um, and it's uh, it's a story that's there's where there's no there's like no villain you know there's no like there's no there's no bad guy you know what I'm saying there's no uh, <laughs> there's no uh, this this evil entity is coming to you know what I'm saying it's this thing that's it's just all all like um all have to do with uh what's called uh with within you know uh I'm trying not to spoil the movie here. Right, right, um, right. You know, it has to just do with uh basically every main character instead and what you have to deal with. Um and it's so cool. It's such a cool concept to see. Um it's not really a concept because it's just like it's it just feels so normal. Um, in a in like the weirdest way to say it, um, it feels so like I've seen this story many times, but at the same time highlighted. I think it does a fantastic job, and uh, what's it called in highlighting each character and uh, their strengths, their weaknesses, um, and all of the and just I think it was a great cast, uh, amazing story. I love our main character Mirabel, um, who is played by uh, Stephanie Beatrice. Um, or voiced by, should I say? But like, just seeing this um, play out and how the and how the movie goes and how they have to overcome, you know, hardships. Besides the very end, which is not unbelievable, but that's like what I guess anybody would want, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, which is not like not. It's a little bit more unbelievable when you know compared to real life. But that's besides the point. That's not what we're watching, right? Um, it's uh, it it works out so fantastic, and I I found it so charming, uh, very whimsical, very uh, every every character, um, even the ones you hate, you learn, you grow to love, you know, everyone feels so unique, even though they're all technically like family, like really close family, like their cousins or their brothers and sister and stuff like that. Yeah, um, and it just feels so um, speaks to the culture of what is to be like a. Latino family almost, um, and it's uh, it just hits so close to home, and it's you know it's for the reason, but it's also just like uh, a big thing about growing up, and it's a big thing about um, what it means to be in a family and what it means, what's your role in a family and stuff like that as well. That's so important, you know. Um, sticking to my theme of my family and what to do, uh, what's it called, uh, you know, kids growing up and where they fit in roles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I feel like it, I feel like it hits in you know, all of those aspects. Um, what's so cool about it also is just it's probably one of the most colorful movies I've seen this year. Probably the most colorful movie, to be honest with you. 
Um, yeah, I I, I, that I for sure. Yeah, for sure. I was struck by the color. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I, I can't. I love it. I love it. It's just, just so great. Yeah, I don't know. A lot of people shy away from colors a lot. I don't know why. They so. really do, and I just feel like I, I. I mean, I can tell why. I mean, I can. I can kind of guess why because it's okay. like probably just a little bit. I would say um, it can be too much sometimes. You know, like yeah. I can see it just being overwhelming. But I think this movie does a great job of just keeping it um, very normal, very natural. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, that's what the reason I love this movie. Yeah. Um, I like that. So I like the way you put that. Um, excellent number five. Uh, did I make my list? I mean, I wouldn't say it's my short list either, but I very much enjoyed the movie as well. I'm um, definitely not saying it was bad, uh, even remotely. Um, excellent number five. My number, moving on, my number four uh, is a movie um, you have definitely seen. We reviewed it on the show, so that's a clue right there. That's helpful. It is a period piece. Does that help? <laughs> uh, Probably not. I don't know. Even the last three shows, I think we did like five period pieces. Okay, I know. Okay. Just the last five alone. Um, or three. Um, let me see. What's another clue? Um, okay, maybe you'll get this clue. It doesn't involve God. <laughs> it doesn't? Uh-huh. Uh, it's a deep cut to the episode itself that we reviewed it on. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you remember. Okay, uh, I'm just gonna tell you, it's the power of the dog because <laughs> because you were like hand of dog for the hand of God. Oh, that's right. That's and right. then I was like said something about the power of the God, but it has. Yeah, I remember because that, dog yeah. is God backwards. Yeah, that's it. You're, you um, know, we did make that a reference. Yes. Yes. So I didn't think you remember. It's fine. I barely remembered it at all. Um, Charismatic rancher Phil Burbank inspires fear and awe in those around him. When his brother brings home a new wife and her son, Phil, her son, Phil torments them until he finds himself exposed to the possibility of love. Strange synopsis. Starring Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, another person that would be for me shortlist for best actor of the year. Like I could see this, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing them. This guy, you know, maybe Javier Bardem and, um, um, which we call it uh, Oscar Isaac, you know, all nominated for something like this for the roles in this, this year. It also has uh, Jesse Plemons, Cody Smith, Mc, Smith McPhee, Kirsten Dunst. And this movie is written and directed by Jane Campion, who is famous for, uh, I mean, she did a, a couple, like a miniseries or two that was really good. I haven't seen the sequel to that miniseries. Uh, I forgot the name of it, though. Um, I want to say, oh, Top of the Lake. Have you seen Top of the Lake? No, no, no. Very good. Very, very good. It has uh, that girl from Mad Men. I forgot her name. That's um, the, the, you know, the, the awesome Elizabeth Olsen. Elizabeth. I think that's her name. I was confused. Elizabeth. There's two Elizabeths I confuse all the time. But whatever. Peggy from Mad Men. Anyway. Um, and she is also famous for doing the piano from, I think, the 90s, like early 90s, with Harvey Keitel and Holly Hunter. Um, a movie, that's one of those uh, classic movies for me that I saw too early, didn't understand at all, and I have to rewatch it again. One of those classic ones. Um, because as I grow older, as we both mentioned on the show before, um, you know, it's not about, like, that we love the movie a lot more. There's, no, there's that possibility, but it's, it's to understand the movie more, um, even if we end up not agreeing with it. And uh, so... Uh, moving on to this movie, um, she hasn't made a movie in a while. So The Power of the Dog came out on Netflix and uh, we reviewed it on the show recently, very recently, like two shows ago. And um, 
man, it's uh, it really hit me. I mean, I gave it we all we gave it a positive review, and uh, I think I knew I liked it more than you did. But uh, this movie is a uh, it's it's a secret thriller movie. It's a thriller movie that you that sneaks up on you completely, uh, while while it's not disguised as something else, but it's like while it also uh, highlights um, I don't want to say that's not pilgrim life, but rancher I guess western life. It, uh, while um, touching on and harnessing uh, male masculinity, how it's uh, masculinity, how it's portrayed as far as toxic toxic masculinity and positive positive uh, masculinity. There's some of that too. Uh, it also has uh, you know women and male dynamics in the movie, um, uh-huh. and it has the the a solitary nature to it as well that I found. <laughs> that you're gonna say the power of the talk. Nope. It has a solitary nature to it that um kind of like it reinforces this uh a very American thing. It also has like this very American feel to it where like I would agree hundred percent the solitary nature of success or what we believe success is and you know and how that affects the way we think we deserve love or want love or or can find it if ever. And uh it has all that stuff in it as well. And then along the way, like I said, you get caught up in not a mystery. But you end up cu- uh, caught up in uh, a real, like, almost like a one-on-one type of thing. There's, like, a revenge plot, I guess, in it, technically, if you really consider it uh, almost a revenge plot or, like, a murder plot for sure. It gets it gets there. It really does. And the ending really makes you almost want to, you know, po- like, watch it again to see the details that you missed out. Because you're like, what the fuck? How did we get here? It makes sense, of course. But, like, damn. Um, yeah, pretty good movie. I liked it a lot. Um, it hit me harder than I thought it would. And that's my number four, The Power of the Dog. You're number, number four, Ralph. Uh My number four was a movie where it was already said. Okay. Oh, okay. So it was, it was, it was the first repeat? First repeat. Oh, okay. All right. I mean, okay. You give so, me another clue or you want me to guess? Um, I'll, I'll say, you know, no, no, I, I can give you another clue, but I, my clue, you know, I have to give it a vague clue. Because mm-hmm. if I, I might, the clue I want to give you is just giving you the answer. Um, uh, okay. Uh, I'll give you the writer because you know more people. The writer um, <laughs> is uh, is uh, what's it called? Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. No, I don't want to ruin that. Would ruin it too. That sucks. <laughs> I'm trying, you know what? It's not, it. It's a strong female protagonist. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna go with Spencer. No, it's SpongeBob SquarePants the movie. No, I'm just kidding. Um, is there a SpongeBob SquarePants the movie came out in last year? No. Oh, okay. There isn't. Okay, good. Because I was like, I didn't know I missed another one. There's not only there's only like one female in there, and I think they use her like three times. No, it's uh, that's that's true. Well, yeah. I thought SpongeBob was maybe voice acted by a woman, and I thought you were being clever. Oh, that'd be super cool. Uh, no, um, but either way, you weren't. So, what is it? Is it Spencer? Uh, nah, no, no, no. It is 100% Spencer, yes. Oh, okay, good. Because um, I'm like, I don't think you saw Benedetta, and that's the only other one that has a female lead that's pretty strong. That's um, pretty strong, yeah. That, um, okay, I'm sure I've seen. I'm sure. You know what? Never mind. I'm not going to look. No, for my list, I'm saying if it's a copy. I'm not saying of all beer. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to see if. Uh, I was going to say something else. But, anyways, um, I would say it's 100% what you said earlier um, on your on your little quick review, um, mm-hmm. which was. Um, I would say it's a for sure contender of best actress, um, her best uh, strongest female character this year. Um, she, she, I think she does a fantastic job of um, 
of playing this troubled person um, going through it. It's just like her quirks, her her, her body language, her, her facial expressions, um, everything. Everything says her tone. I mean, everything um, yeah. is all all relies on her, right? On her performance, on what's going on, and just having to just kind of put you in the brain of it. I remember talking about it during our review and loving the fact that where you are, and it is kind of a weird movie to like, um, just because it's like it is like kind of kind of shitty to like somebody who's being tormented, right? Yeah, um, right, right. But at the same time, it's just you know how powerful that that performance is from her, and that's what you like. You're not liking you know, other stuff. Right. Um, you're liking the fact that she's just doing a fantastic job. Um, and then also just when she shows, when she switches gears so fast, when, um, you know, to show love and attention and caringness towards her children. And it's just like, it's, I mean, it says so much and it's um, so much also like, like what a mom has to struggle through, what a woman has to struggle through. And especially just like the higher you are in popularity is the wrong word, but um, I would yeah. say in, in fame, right. And in, um, in power, because she technically has a lot of it, right? Even though she feels powerless the whole movie. Um, yeah, it's it's, yeah, anyway. it's so weird, you know. It's a weird weird thing to see, um, and especially because I think it's some. It's like a. It's like a, it feels like an untouched world that we don't. You know, we see shows about it all the time about Henry the Eighth, the Third, you know, stuff like that, and you know, or queens and tutors and all this other stuff, right? Um, that we see, you know, them frolicking around and doing all these crazy things and them looking like they're just, you know, uh, rich bastards who run countries and stuff like that and right. wars, right? But mm-hmm. in this, it just, they've modern. <laughs> so, like, it feels more like they're like this untouchable, like, people, but who have all this power, you know? Yeah. Um, it, feels so, it feels so weird and, like, almost like we're being let in on a secret that, guess what? Everyone's human, too. And you're like, oh my god, it's crazy! Like you know, they're all just human beings. You know, yeah. they're uh, they're all very, very much. Uh, everyone makes mistakes, the same mistakes that any other any other person has made, or many other people have made. Um, it's just you know the spotlight, this gigantic spotlight that you have to be in. Um, but I just loved her performance so much. Um, I, I honestly feel like um, I honestly feel like I I couldn't see somebody. I don't know, like who else would you cast for this? Because I I don't know. It'd be it'd be I'd be hard pressed to see who yeah. could do a better job. To be honest with you, um, no. Yeah, it's like it's like one of those things where like once you see it, you can't unsee anyone else trying that same. It's yeah, and it's you know it's funny because I like a lot of times you do watch, and I hate to do that to a movie where you're like, oh, I can see this person doing that role as well, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I you know we all do it. I just I literally don't see anybody else doing the role. Um, that's just how good you did a job. So um, sure. that's my number four, Spencer. Excellent number four. That's our first, uh, right? That's our first one that we, the first copy or double, whatever we call it. That is our first double, yes. Nice. Um, I do you predict any more doubles? Uh, yeah, there's at least two more doubles. I say. Oh, well, you know for sure. Okay. <laughs> well, I, like, I mean, I'm, I, I'm I, predicting. I know one. I think. I think one for sure. One for sure. Well, listen, I know one for sure because you know, spoiler alert. Uh, okay. But uh, I think there's for sure one other one that hasn't been said. Mm, okay. So I say one for sure that hasn't been said. Yeah, I think uh I think we're about to go into that double right now. Or one of them. So? Okay. One of the potential ones. Let's see. 
Uh, here's my guess. Because my number three uh-huh. is, I mean, you know, I'll, oh, so it's, uh, I, right. <laughs> yeah, cool, I cool. fucking said it. You're about to get into it. Yeah. Yes, I was. Um, so excited. It is not the biggest movie of the year because Spider-Man No Way Home is the biggest. And that was my number seven. So, yeah. um, but arguably it is also the most cinematic blockbuster of the year that isn't Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> so that's a clue right there. Anything okay. you want to say to that? It is sci-fi in nature. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah, it's fucking doing. Of course, it's fucking doing. Super obvious. Um, this is, of course, a feature adaptation of Frank Herbert's science fiction novel about a son of a noble family entrusted with the protection of the most valuable asset and most vital element in the galaxy. And crude they, oil. And in Shakespearean fashion, they get annihilated by other competing houses. Let's say. Oh, Shakespeare, he got shit on him. Yeah, well, no, yeah. 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 I mean, just, yeah. It's, just... it's like, well, it's definitely, it seems like they took a page off Shakespeare. No, 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 100% did. Just... Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, just on a, not even planetary scale, it's on a galax, uh, <laughs> galaxy scale, whatever, galactical. Yeah. I don't know. Galactic? Galactic, there you go. That's, that's, that's the word I was thinking. I, I knew you had it, didn't you? I just mm-hmm. didn't know you were going to struggle that hard. Nah, I didn't know either. Um, but uh, yeah, this movie is. Uh, quite i mean some this is i mean i'm trying to look at the movies right now hold on um yeah so i did a perusal on my top 10 and i this is the only one uh that i've seen twice uh i saw it first on hbo max because i had no choice because of our review i just had to see it at some point i, re- I and remember then, and then you were begging to see it in theaters and then i did right so <laughs> yeah. i believe the next week if not less yeah. saw it in theaters uh with a friend of mine and it was just as awesome. I mean, I was still better because it was big screen sound design. But man, this movie's fantastic. And Denis Villeneuve, who has made a lot of the biggest movies for me in recent memory, from I think his last few movies have made my top ten, which includes uh, Arrival, which includes uh, uh, what's that one? Um, that's a, a sequel. Uh, fuck with Harrison Ford. The, the, the replicant, Replic- replicant, what's it called? Something. Oh, uh, uh, oh my Blade God. Runner, Blade Runner, yeah, twenty forty nine. I love that movie. I love, love that movie. You know, and I love all of his his latest films for that reason. And but he just has great eye for sci fi, and tension, and atmosphere, and just like really memorable stuff and good, cool concepts. And this movie does no different. Dune is fun. Dune is a lot of fun. Now, having not read the book, maybe that's why maybe I appreciate it more. Who knows? Maybe I'm ignorant. Um, but this movie slaps. It's fucking amazing. It has great characterization. I love the everyone has everyone's their own person, of course. You have like a hero complex like Neo in the Matrix with uh-huh. uh, Timothy Chalamet's character. But you also have you know, fucking, you know, it's sci-fi, but also has, you know, some fantasy elements in it, considering like... Um, this idea of being being like almost like a prophet type character where he can tell the future or is dreaming about the future. And uh, I don't know where that's going to go. Obviously this is a part one and that is the biggest fault of the movie is that it is incomplete and it's purposely incomplete because it's such a big tale. But I, I feel, I feel like the movie did fantastic and I, I, I didn't think it needed to tie a whole lot uh, for me to say like, Oh man, this movie's missing so much. Yeah, it's a setup, but it establishes everyone needed. It establishes the world, the universe, the, the villains, the characters, everyone in yeah. a really good way. 
uh, very visually striking, very succinct too for two and a half hours. And I think it does a good job. Yeah, really good scenes too. So yeah, Dune, man. Dune is a lot of fun. Dune is my favorite blockbuster, you know. Uh, Obviously, the visceral fun of Spider-Man is unchallenged, but the intellectual fun and overall, uh, Dune wins it. So. Yeah, I would say a hundred. Yeah, it's, you know, it's yeah. my biggest surprise blockbuster this year. I would say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's my number three. Uh, what is your number three? My number three is a movie that I didn't think I would like as much as I thought I did. Mm. Um, but thinking back is on it, it's probably the funnest, weirdest trip. Um, has to do with in a weird horror mystery way of. Pseudo time travel. Um, you say judo or pseudo? Pseudo, pseudo, pseudo time travel. <laughs> um, more like living in the past kind of thing. Um, what do you think my number three is? I, I have no idea. I'm trying to think of anything uh, time traveling. Uh, like has that come out this year? Pseudo, <laughs> no. Pseudo, pseudo. It's not really time traveling. It's more like living through somebody. Yeah, that's. It feels like the same. Um, yeah, I guess. No, I'm just word. saying. It feels. How's this? Um, give you the biggest uh, hint ever here. Um, not wrong. This his last name would be. Right. Yeah. Um, I actually can't think of the movie. Okay. <laughs> nope, I'm gone. Sorry, well, just say it. Written and directed by Edgar Wright. Oh, it's I see. Cool. Oh, you meant uh, I was thinking of a title with the word right. No, no, no. I said oh, his last right. name. Written, written, yes. Oh, Sorry. I thought you meant the main character. <laughs> no, like, no, 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 no. My bad. Oh, so you're talking about uh, the Soho one, right? Yeah, the... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Last Night in Soho. Nice. Um, yeah, man, I think it was the, the weirdest trip I've seen of like, um, of like, I don't know. I guess me being like on, on a drug or something, going through the perspective of, uh, you know, going back to the past and living through this uh, person's point of view of things, right? Um, in a weird horror way. And at the same time, you're watching a mystery that you didn't realize. And I felt like I was being pulled under, you know, the the wool over my eyes, very much so. Because um, the movie is just like, you know, how it starts, it starts very normal. You don't even think it's going where it's going until it's there. And then it's like, holy fuck, we're here. And now you're living in a nightmare and it's fucking crazy. And I, it was such a cool trip. It's probably one of the funnest like trip uh, trips I've had. Um, it reminded me a lot in a weird way of um, the Knives Out, where I love just the trip of how where it took me, you know, um, the movie itself. Um but that's a different type of movie. That's a you know, it's technically a mystery, a, you know, murder mystery, right? Uh, who done it? Kind of movie, uh, which is that's Knives Out. But this one is in a weird way is similar. Um, I had it felt it made me feel very similar to that. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, I love I love movies like that, man. I've always I've always appreciated it. And I, I appreciate it when when you can when you can fake me out too in a good way. Obviously, if you're just doing it to be an asshole and you know whatever, then it's what is what it is. But I feel like Edgar Wright did a really great job with this movie, and I I love the like it's weird how it's enclosed in Soho, right? Um, mm-hmm. And it's like it's enclosed in it to the point where like it's it makes you feel like you're there, 
And that's what the movie does a really great job at. I think just alone, I felt like I was in those corners, in those bars, in those um, streetways or alleyways that they're in. You know, everything felt very, like, uh, very much shot in those areas. Didn't feel or lived in as well. Not like a set design or anything like that. Um, I just, I thought, I thought that, you know, it made you feel very much like you're in this environment. Um, and some areas, obviously, not, not everything has, not everything works. But when you do see the outside, you do feel like it is that outside. Not that I've ever been to Soho, so I can't per se say so. <laughs> right. But like, at the same time, I can't, it does feel like that. And that's, a, that's just, you know, good job on the, you know, uh, what's it called? The, the uh, cinematographer slash the director, you know, and all that stuff. So uh, I think that's you know, one of those, probably what my, why I made my you know, top three uh movies yeah oh yeah so, that's, damn that's my excellent, number three. excellent excellent film it, and did not make my list but um it was definitely in my uh 11 through 20 you know um i understand this. very good movie yeah i was recently we were watching baby driver actually oh right uh, yeah i watch a lot uh, of uh, his movies did I, did I really oh that baby driver never mind sorry oh okay <laughs> i saw something else i was like did i watch baby driver recently like, recently oh okay no i don't know um let's see uh we're on to our number twos my number two is for sure a one that's been mentioned before i think you mentioned it already if I'm you not... don't have to say it. i already know what is it it's jack reacher no i think it's a, was there a new jack reacher movie i don't think so but there's a new jack reacher show come back so far yeah but it's it's no no tom cruise on that one. no no it's some buff guy buff guy really yeah, I've seen it before in something. I just can't remember what. Um, okay. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, let's do guesses. Okay. Um, it's been said before. You said right. Yeah, it's been said before. So maybe maybe that's the best clue ever. So what do you do? You want to guess now? <laughs> I mean, I uh, let me look. Um, I'm gonna say Tick Tick Boom. Excellent guess because that's correct. Oh man, Woo. let's go. It was my number one until my number one movie came into my life, of course. Wow. But, um, on the cusp of his 30th birthday, promising young theater composer navigates love, friendship, and the pressures of life as an artist in New York City. Um, we talked about, uh, you know, obviously I agree with everything you said before. I really don't want to repeat a lot of what you said, especially the feeling of 30, not accomplishing enough, things like that. Um, great acting, of course, uh, surprisingly good singing that kind of captures you in the moment. And so it just sneaks up on you and you suddenly have all these feelings for it. Um, all that I agree with, um, especially since we are both really not huge fans of musicals. Um, I know you said you weren't, but I'm not either. Um, I will say, though, that the magic of this movie, we mentioned this in the review for Tick, Tick, Boom. Again, uh, check uh, our website, otherpodcast.com. Um is that the, the great power of the movie is that uh, it is technically a biopic. It is also a period piece. But more than that, somehow it is an adaptation of a play. And in the adaptation of a play, which is autobiographical, uh-huh. you know, about this man, uh, John, uh, Jonathan Larson, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, navigates and talks about his life, uh, making his previous play and how much of a turmoil that was for him as a person. Uh, that was what his play was about. This is an adaptation of that play. And in adapting a play about someone's real life struggle 
in New York in a, per- in a period of time that is no longer around makes it also a biopic period piece, but somehow way better than a typical one of any of those. Yeah. It somehow transcends the, I don't know, somewhere in the making of all that, it transcends like these, I don't want to say genres because biopic is not a genre. Maybe it is. No, bi- no, biography is, I guess, genre. But I wouldn't say period is a drama because you can or, or a genre because you can have any genre in a period piece. And e- same thing with adaptation. That's not in a genre either. It's just that people adapt books or short stories or whatever. Um, but somehow this thing, this movie, kind of transcends those by saying, like, by by having this almost meta Charlie Kaufman esque setting of like adapting a play that's adapting a real life. And um, yeah. it makes it much more cinematically satisfying. It makes it much more dramatic, much more appealing to, to and fascinating, honestly, to watch it and experience it. Um, also, you know, it genuinely made me appreciate this theater composer that, you know, has been there for a while now um, and is famous for a play that isn't about this movie. But <laughs> it made, made me appreciate more of his style and uh in his uh what what makes what why he's an impact to a lot of people yeah and uh it really got for me on that stuff and andrew garfield damn yeah really good he really nailed it this year not just with this movie but spider-man as well and i think he's done others as well this year uh this last year i mean sure very good movie that's my number two tick tick boom you're number two off my number two is uh which the repeat I thought was going to happen. Um, oh, what, did you, what do you think it is? The repeat. Uh, so you thought I was going to say one of your repeats that you, that I didn't. No, say. no, 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 no. Okay, it's a repeat that we thought I thought was, that was going to happen that was original that you had you had stated already earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, you have already said it. Now it is the repeat because here's the repeat. Um, so it was just said these last. Okay, okay, got it, got it. It's uh, it's uh, Spider Man, right? No, it's Dune. Oh, Dune! Damn it! Have you not yeah, said it, it was the original? Um, it was the original like pick that hadn't been yeah. said yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's great. Uh, Dune. Yeah, Dune. I um, I apps. This is the movie that um, I I was looking forward to because I think of just the potential epicness of this movie. Yeah, um, epic. Yeah. But the and I say potential because um, there was a lot of like not fear for this movie. Um, but I would say there's a lot of uh, a lot of um, what's it called uh, could be disasters, uh, almost too ambitious for its own good, right? And that's what happened to the original Dune, in my opinion, right? Um, just mm-hmm. too much to do in that yeah. movie. Well, and I yeah. think, well, considering they have a part one for this one, <laughs> and it's already a two and a half hour movie, you know. Um, I uh, this is the movie that made me think that Timothy Chalamet is an actor. <laughs> A really good actor. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's probably my like my biggest blockbuster surprise. Um, where I thought, I mean, I knew it was gonna, I I hoped it was gonna be big, right? Because I don't, I don't really want movies to fail overall, right? Um, right, yeah, right. But I felt like um, I felt like they could have been great, and then it over exceeded my expectations of what it was. Um, I love the set design for this movie, even though it's bleak. And bright in a weird way because it's just desert. It's, you know, so bright. And it uses colors pretty decently, too, um, in, in a weird way. Very earth tones, obviously. Um, but what it does use and when it does use, like, those nice earthy reds and 
oranges and browns. Um, I think it uses it fantastically. Um, and uh, blues as well, the sky. and It's just a lot of stuff going on. Um, it doesn't feel like uh, it's there, but it is. You know, it's, and I think experiencing it in theaters was the way to go for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I, the sound, I mean, literally the, 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 sh- the vibration, like you feel it. It's, um, it's, it's, a it's, it's like you're like experiencing it. Yeah. And uh, all of that going with it. Um, I think, uh, Denis Villeneuve is, um, just been knocking it out of the park. I mean, he's just been hitting home run after home run after home run. Um, very much like you said before. I just, uh, I think uh, they put it in the right hands, and I hope it continues to be what it is going to be. Um, I loved it. Um, I love where it left off. I was a little disappointed, obviously, because um, mm-hmm. you could tell that there's, you know, there were foretellings without telling us, but they're foretelling us stuff that's going to happen in part two. Um, there's no big spoilers for that because really the, like, the movie starts off like that. Um, uh, it's just, it also, the movie, it was already going to be called part one, so we already knew there was going to be a part two. Right. Um, but again, there's not really a big spoiler in my opinion. Yeah, um, but yeah, I love um, I love a lot of this. Uh, called, uh, just the story behind it, from like what I've always thought, like Dune was like I didn't knew I never knew it was a series. I thought it was just like a small novel, and I was like, where do you get all this from? Oh, all that really? and I, no, yeah, I, I knew it was like an eight, eight novel piece. No, I, I never knew it was like an eight novel thing until I started talking to our our brother, um, and then he was like, yeah. I, can't wait to read the other ones and i was like there's more books he's like, yeah, like seven and i was <laughs> like fuck i was like no wonder it's big <laughs> yeah no wonder so epic yeah no wonder it's so epic and um mm-hmm. i just really like obviously mirroring everything you said before um it's just uh it was like my biggest blockbuster surprise um where i didn't think it was going to be as successful as it was and it uh it just knocked it out of the park man great acting great storytelling um great uh, just few visuals and audio. It's just a lot of things going on in this movie. It's fantastic. That's my number two, dude. Excellent my pick. All right, guys, number ones. Now, for our number ones, before I mention my number one, I'm just going to quickly go through the 10 to 9, just to everyone, or 10 to, 10 to 2, just to let you all know, just catch up like a home 10 run. To nine. One movie. All right, let's go. Wait. <laughs> so, starting from 10, I have Bo Burnham inside. Number nine is Spencer. Number eight is The Card Counter. Number seven is Spider-Man No Way Home. Number six is Benedetta. Number five is The White Tiger. Number four is The Power of the Dog. Number three is Dune. Number two is Tick, Tick, Boom. And now my number one, and I can't even give you a clue, Roth, because I know for a fact, I don't think you've even heard of this movie. <laughs> I, I don't know for a fact. It's Cruella. Let's go. I wish it was Cruella. Um, no, no, it's terrible. Because I could pick that if I want to wish. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, no, it's just, I, I just don't really think I've heard of this movie. Um, if you have, though, that, that would be cool. Um, oh, my God. If I find out that you've seen it, that would be... The Swordsman? No, no, no. It's not. <laughs> I don't think you've heard of the title. It's a movie called Drive My Car. Have you heard of it? I don't think I have. Yeah, but by all means, yes, it's a it's a it's a brand new movie. It's technically not out for uh, most American audiences yet. Uh, you would in, you would cheat somehow. 
why would I? No, no, I came out on uh, in, in you know, very like a what two of our two Chicago theaters that came out. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was about to say, it's like the way you said it, like this What's movie came out that? December thirty first at eleven fifty nine p.m. What's the name of that one uh, theater <laughs> that you got me? Yeah, it came out in the music box, for example. Yeah. Uh, it might be out more now, even, but like I just don't know where, and um, because I what the hell was it? Anyway, here's the description. Um, Adapted from a short story in Murakami Haruki's Men Without Women, a director's wife, a director's wife was a playwright, but she died two years ago. When he's invited to direct a play at a festival in Hiroshima, the director finds his chauffeur to be a stoic woman. The two share many rides, and as communication is initiated, secrets and confessions are gradually exchanged. Um, so it is a foreign film. It's a Japanese film, uh, written and directed by Ryusuke. Ryusuke Hamaguchi, and uh, it's based off, obviously, like it like says in the description, a short story by um, Murakami Haruki. So it's, um, uh, he's a pr- pretty prominent writer, by the way, pretty prominent. And this movie stars uh, a bunch of people who I don't know very well, but uh, Hidetoshi Nishijima, sorry, Toko Miyura, Reika Kishima, Yumri Park, and many, many others that I will butcher, of course, one day. Not yet. Um, it's, uh, it is the, both the hardest movies to ever recommend and the one that, like, that made me you, feel the most. You have an addiction to, uh, to uh, picking movies that are hard to recommend. Well, what, what do you think? What do you <laughs> think know, is the funny. number one thing that makes this movie hardest to recommend? What do you think it is? I, I have no clue. I have, I've, Okay, uh, it is a fact that is like three hours long. <laughs> so three holy hours. shit, two hours and fifty nine minutes. Yes, I said three hours long. Oh Basically my three hours long. god, you're not lying. I mean, don't get me wrong. Listen, I've seen extended editions of Lord of the Rings. So like, I'll yeah. watch a movie that's three hours long. I just don't. Look There's more action to. in three frames of uh, Lord of the Rings than like, <laughs> the entirety of this movie. Oh, of course, of course. I'm yeah. not saying that you have to ask me action for me to watch a three hour movie. Well, I'm but saying, I'm saying yeah, is I've seen. Like, yeah. epic. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this movie is only epic in the fact that it is uh, it is a portrayal of a solitude, solitary man, solitary life, um, living through life in many different stages, and maybe not many stages, but like there's this uh, interruptions, there's uh, there's conflict, but mainly you know inward conflict going on. Do you on feel here. like um, this movie is a? Uh, I hate to interrupt you. Mm-hmm. But um, do you feel like this movie is like a, a storytelling of what what it is to be a, a Japanese man? And- no, uh, I mean you could say that. I mean there are like if there's a couple of things in this movie that uh, I don't want to say it relies on custom. I wouldn't say that at all. I would say that there's some things in here that are harder to swallow to accept as something that someone could do if you were an American. I guess uh-huh. I could say that, but not me personally. And I'm not saying that I, you know, this, this, this main character is this director who is a director who directs plays and stuff. And the movie, the first, uh, I don't want to say half of the movie, the first third of the movie is him and his wife, a playwriter. She's a playwright. They have sex a lot in the movie and she kind of gives off these grand stories while they're having sex that she forgets about that he writes down and they both workshop it together for the next play. It's actually kind of wonderful. Um, it's kind of how they work. Um, you know, that leads into these other things that makes 
a, a, a pair complicated. You don't know why there's conflict there from before, and it appears later on in stories, right? And like, you know, he's a theater director and an actor and stuff. And when, you know, when this tragedy strikes in the movie, like 45 minutes in, which again, it's just the first act in the three hour long movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, they skip two years and he's directing another play, but he's not acting in it. And he is known to be like the foremost expert in these kind and these specific texts. And, uh, and the one that they're adapting is called Uncle Vanya, which I know nothing about. That's the one thing I really regret about this movie is not knowing my, I believe it's a Russian literature piece and not knowing my Russian literature and have it not nearly as well to even know what the fuck Uncle Vanya is about. Now, I know more about it now because I saw the movie, but like, because they're adapting it and stuff and you hear a lot of the text being yeah. read aloud and stuff with the actors and him in his car. But like, I know there are connections. I know there are connections between the 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 original piece and this movie. I just don't know them. And I feel like I would find the movie even more richer if I actually knew what the fuck Uncle Vanya was. But that's besides the fact. Besides the point. Um, but uh, the reason the movie is called Drive My Car is because he finds his, uh, probably his most uh, part of his routine, let's say, and part of his uh, solitude, but also like his safe space, his mental, you know, like quietness, right? His mental comfort zone is driving his car. And he's so much to the point where like when he goes anywhere, because he has to travel for to do plays and stuff um, for this latest play in the movie, uh, he he requests that his hotel, wherever they're keeping him, wherever they're be, keeping directors, be far away, be far away, like two hours yeah. away or whatever. So we can drive and hear the, the over and over and over again, the text that he's adapting to the point where he memorizes it to every single inflection. You know, and that's part of his shtick. But it's, there's it's like, interesting. It's like he's locking himself in a place that he needs to be in. Right. Like I can see to, that you can see it both ways. Yeah. As simple. Like uh, I would say that maybe this is not one on one exactly, but like you can see someone more sociable or someone more akin and wanting attention and socialness, uh, social graces in their lives would see this as like a negative. You know, we see this guy doing this as a way to stay away from people in a negative fashion, while others, maybe more introverted types or other types, would see this as a as a great way to make something work for for your art, right? Yeah, I and, totally see it as that way. <laughs> so yeah, I, I it's right. funny because, like, you you think I'd see it as like an extrovert, but I don't know. Oh yeah, I'm just saying. I'm, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. just one. I'm just basing it off nothing, but like. That could sure. be one interpretation of many. And uh, but the hiccup in this movie is that, you know, because of liability issues, they don't want him to drive himself. They have a driver that they've hired that the company hires uh, and they need in order for him to t- have this job to direct this piece for this uh, prefecture, wherever they're at in Japan. Um, he has to be driven uh, because of uh, past accidents. So like. And this woman who drives him is the real, that's when the movie really starts at about a, an hour 20 in. And it's like, uh, but it's so worth getting there and waiting for it. And the movie kind of just sneaks up on you. Like, um, I saw this movie in, well, technically two sittings, but it was, it was actually one. Uh, I first saw like the first 40 minutes or so, and then I had to stop it. And not because I wasn't interested, I just had to stop it. And then when I went back to it, I restarted it. So like, you know, almost feels like two sittings, but then I watched the whole thing and I didn't feel like the time was 
anything like that. I just felt kind of just fell into it. And I just want to let myself enjoy the film as it was taking me and driving me really. Um, it was just so much, it was just so interesting and fascinating and uh, introverted, like you make you, and uh, not introverted, um, introspective and makes you think a lot of yourself in it and makes you really empathize with not just the main character, but also the driver as well. Uh, the woman, um, very good movie, very fucking good movie, really interesting uh, like almost like twists going on with one or two of the actors uh, regarding, um, you know, how he's adapting it, like how he's choosing the language is being spoken for this adaptation. And the main actor who's playing Uncle Vanya is like this weird actor who would like has problems for sure and have, might have a personal connection to him. Very interesting how that comes out. Yeah, very fascinating movie. I did not expect it to be this hard hitting, really. Um it kind of made me feel a lot more myself, uh, you know, and the aloneness of it. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot, and it's a great movie. I wish we could. I wish we could review it, but like I don't even know where to start. I think I gave it that review now. But like, yeah, I feel uh, like you did. Yeah, okay. drive my car. Uh, I don't know where it is, but as soon as you can find it anywhere, guys, I recommend it. I don't know where it is. I okay, don't know uh, that's that's great, man. That's uh, it's uh, it's it sounds like a trip. Oh, I see, because they're driving. There You're right. You it is a trip. There it you is. go. It is a trip. Uh, so what's your number one? That's my number I one. Thought you, I thought you left me hanging there when I said that, by the way. Uh, what, the, what, the trip thing? Yeah, yeah. No. Because there was a quick moment of pause, and I was like, no, he didn't. No, I wouldn't. I don't think I can stop myself, honestly. Yeah, I know. That, the dad joke incoming, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Um, my number one, I mean, come on. You, you should know by now. Oh, I mean, uh, is it big? Is it a big movie? Just you should just take, just say it. <laughs> Spider Man. Yeah, of course. Come on, it's okay. <laughs> All right. I mean, I was expecting it earlier for sure, but yeah, I mean, you should have expected it somewhere, you know. Yeah, um, but you're number one. Wow, dude! Wow. I see this movie like four times already. I think. Oh, you have only seen it once. Damn. <laughs> I saw. I saw. I saw this movie. I see this movie three times. My apologies. Let me rephrase that. I saw this movie once. Still, oh damn. Release date. Shut up. Release date. Um, and I fell in love with it. Then I saw it another time with another group of friends, and then I saw it uh, with my son, my wife. And um, um, I, I gotta say, it's it's crazy that you know, like we're in. I know we we're still in this weird Marvel world where we didn't think Marvel was gonna do anything. This great in a weird way right with um uh what are they doing after thanos and stuff like that right after the big epic yeah um you know and they had a lot of stumbles along the way we we hard reviewed a lot of movies that didn't like we didn't like or we didn't think so um you know but they managed to obviously succeed everything was still making money for them i just think this is like a culmination of a lot of things going on you know and don't get me wrong this is this talk is just about Spider-Man and Sony just literally printing money on Spider-Man. They can do like I think it's I mean it's I I, I want to say it's probably the biggest superhero now over I almost feel like it's competes with with Batman. It's Spider-Man and Batman. There's only those two. Well, I um, mean, if you want to talk about money-wise, I think this movie almost beat out Avatar, which is the highest grossing film. That's bonkers, way. right? So when you look at it in that perspective, right? Money-wise, yeah. But what I'm saying is like in fame um, yeah. Of like you, you say superheroes, you know, superhero movies or whatever. Obviously, you know, Marvel's prevalent, but like you talk to a wide berth of people, 
I would say Batman and Spider Man are probably the top two people. Yeah, Maybe the, Iron two, the, the, the two the two superheroes that Marvel doesn't have. Yeah, which is so funny, right? When you think yeah. about it that way, yeah. um, Marvel doesn't have. You are right. They are Marvel character. Is it is a Marvel character, right? Um, right. Not, not yeah, Batman. right. You're right. You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah I know what you mean. All studios. It yeah. is Sony. Yeah, hundred percent. And um, I I love I I mean I just absolutely love the c- connections of like my um, combining these. Uh, five other movies, seven other movies technically, right? But seven total, but five other movies from two different Spider-Mans and making it into this and bringing it in um, the the gall that Tom Holland, you know, it's Tom Holland Spider-Man. I have to say their name because I can't say Peter Parker because they're all Peter Parker. Um, yeah, right. Like the, 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 he has like this, we can do anything. He's, you know, compared to these other two who are very much um, know their lane, right? Um, and uh, attempt to do the best they can, but you know, wherever they ended up in. Um, mm-hmm. And just a lot of the stuff that goes on and could, introducing something called, just like a, a taste of the multiverse, you know, a taste of what, what, what could happen or what, you know, things like that is bonkers because we're about to literally just like walk right in it we just saw the portal and that's it <laughs> you know and it's uh it's it does a great job of setting up it's a movie that's setting up and it's starting up and it's finishing things and it's doing so much it's so ambitious and it still does a great job at it um i love the quips i feel like very much like you said earlier and to mirror one of the words that you yeah, you put you, you put it beautifully um he is like he is like the one Spider-Man. Like this is the, this is this is the Spider-Man. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and it's uh, it, it is literally we've uh, you know, those were version 1.0, 1.5 or one point whatever. And this is this is there's there's no other version. You don't need another version. Um, we we have them. You know, it's just fantastic. Everything that's going on. So curious as to what they're going to continue to do. Um, because uh, I just feel like the culmination of everything that's happened here. Has been very fantastic. Um, the way they wrap it up, and it's also just the way it makes you feel. The um, even though it's like it's almost like foretold, but at the same time, like it's just so they do it so well. And the showrunners that are going on over with Sony and Marvel Studios are phenomenal, um, doing great jobs over there. And uh, even my kid cried. I mean, I didn't cry, but my kid cried at the end of the movie. Um, Hmm. Which was uh, so. Uh, I, I think I told you um, when he when he cried at the end of the movie watching it. Um, it was just sad, you know. Yeah, um, felt really sad, and it's uh, you know that that says a lot. And he, and he was sad for a different reason than I thought he was sad for. But at the same time, I get why he was sad. <laughs> but it's, it does, you know. I, I I guess I was more you know uh, what's it called uh, hurt or felt more stronger in a different way, right? Right, right. right. He did that. He did. Um, and I just gotta say, like, yeah, it was, it, it was the best. I knew it was gonna be great, and I avoided the, the hardest thing to do this whole year, of avoiding avoiding trailers, spoilers for this movie, like everything that. I mean, I saw it day one, obviously, but like, yeah, I mean, like spoilers as in like just oh, did you see the newest teaser? Did you see the newest people talking about it at work? I'm like, you talking about Spider Man? Ah, right, cool. I just walk away. Like you know, like it's just like a lot of things do happen. 
no, it was just funny because like they're like, you haven't seen the trailer for this movie? I was like, no, how? And I'm just like, I don't know. It comes up. I put a headphones in and I put my hoodie on. Like, what do you want me to say? Like, I just ignore it, you know. Like I know what it has yeah. to technically do about very, very loosely, but I am ignoring it, and I think it paid off, you know, in my end. Um, so my number one is Spider Man: No Way Home. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Guys, and that is those are our top ten films of Go on with um, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. So obviously, honorable mentions are the ones that almost made the list but did not. That's, that's all that means. Um, I have a list here. I did not rank them in any way, so I'm just going to rattle them off here. I have uh, Raya the Last Dragon. Um, I really like that movie. A movie from Netflix called, actually, these next two are from Netflix, um, called uh, Things Heard and Seen that I really enjoyed. And also The Dig. The Dig. Really enjoy that movie. Uh, another one here from Disney. It's uh, Cruella. I really like Cruella. I made my short list. It was a lot of fun. Um, fun time at the theater. Like top three most fun I had in the theater. You know, um, No Sudden Move. You know, Soderbergh's latest film. You know, with uh, about crime and American business and stuff. I really like the Fear Street trilogy, but as a whole, though, so I can't put. Right. Yeah. Individually, I would say. Yeah, yeah I would say no. Um, the Swordsman did make my short list, of course. The Green Knight was also on my short list, um, even though it's a movie I don't fully understand. I feel like I got more yeah, than the gist of it, I, and it was. I wanted terrible. it to be on my short list too, but it was like I felt like I was like mm-hmm. I can't put this on a list I just when I don't feel like I understand it all the way. Yeah, and then we got here uh, last night in Soho made my short list. Uh, Minari also on my short list, which is a movie that was nominated a bunch of times last year. Uh, along with that is The Father. Father, very good film, obviously. Did not make it. Um, had promising young woman, you know, come out a little later in twenty twenty one. It would have made my my main list, honestly, but did not. Um, what else we got? I got oh another round. I feel like that was my number eleven or twelve. Another round from Finland or Sweden? I forget where. Starring Matt Mickelson about drinking on the job. Very good movie. Uh, and the Matrix Four, also another one. That so you know was uh, I mean. I enjoyed it a lot, even though obviously it wasn't perfect, but like, I know a lot of people kind of hate on it more than, than sure. like it, but very good movie. Um, and then Come On, Come On is on here, and then, uh, which made your list, I think, it and uh, you know, uh, my one documentary, give or take, is The Rescue, uh, which I very much enjoyed a lot. Uh, quite a feat of like harmony and people working together to save people. Uh, very good movie on, on Disney+. Plus. Uh, those are my honorable mentions. What about you, Ralph? Oh, excuse me. I caught me in the middle of a yawn. My apologies. Okay. I'm not um, good at that. Yeah, you really are. Uh, I don't I don't have as many as honorable mentions as you did, but Corella, 100% was on my honorable mentions. Um, 
So was uh, Demon Slayer, the Mugen Train thing. You love nice. that. Yeah, it was a great, uh, great piece to follow up with the season. Uh, I loved Shang-Chi. Um, I thought it was a great uh, story in Marvel that was like, it was really like contained, but then it was also very much that in a weird way. Um, uh, I actually, in a weird way, it's in a short list, but it's totally at the bottom, um, is uh, the Suicide Squad movie. I dug that movie a lot. Um, yes, yeah. and I thought it was such a fun ride. And I, I, what I liked a lot about it was the fact that it was like that's uh, very true to its characters, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that was really cool on that end. On that end, and um, oh my god, I had another movie here that I just saw. That uh, sorry, I'm, I should you think I'd be prepared for these things, but <laughs> so I'm, the, I'm the worst when it comes to it. Um, oh, you mentioned it on yours. I'm so sorry. In my honorable uh, mentions or my main list? No, 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 your honorable mentions as well. Uh, oh, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, the, the, oh, the girl, the girl with the, why can't I think of the movie? I, I, I don't know. The, the girl who has the, uh, the girl who left the time? Uh, the girl who has the, uh, promising young woman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris. Okay. Think of it. Um, yeah, promising old movie. It's uh, that was a, that was a real. I I enjoyed that movie a lot. Um, yeah, too yeah. bad I wasn't eligible. <laughs> yeah, sadly, sadly. But yeah, that's uh, those are my honorable mentions. Yeah. So every year, uh, just so everyone knows, and we mentioned this every year too, where um, every year there's always that in between movies that um, you never quite know if it can make. I mean, it never makes it to the top ten. It's like too late for that, but also too early to make the next year's top 10. Um, and it gets lost somewhere. And uh, it really sucks. But that's why we make discoveries too, to kind of fill in that, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that's that's why. Yeah, that's why a movie like Promising Woman doesn't get anywhere um, for us. Anyway. Right. All right. So those are your honorable mentions. Our honorable mentions. What about disappointments? I'm going to start off with this one. I have a lot. Yeah, yeah, I have a bunch and the different types of disappointments doesn't just mean that movies that just suck because everyone can just mention those. I mean, when I remember movies that man had such hype for it or they had yeah, potential agree, didn't make it through. So no, I'm saying them. Oh, one yeah. is uh Kenneth Branagh's latest film, Belfast. I feel like it missing it was missing a few things in there. Um this one, um no, I'll save that for another one thing. Uh I would say my probably my biggest disappointment of the year, and I'm just going in order of my list here, um, is Eternals, because I feel like it, it really, really tried something and just did not make it in. Um, as far as uh, in a series of horror movies that made a lot of money over the years, um, the latest Paranormal Activity was probably the worst one of all time. Um, here's another disappointment for me. Many, sen- many sense- Saints of Newark who, which is a, the Sopranos film, um, I really didn't dig it. Yeah, there were elements that I dug, of course, and it's definitely doing something, and it's clearly written with a purpose, clearly done with a purpose and all this stuff. I just don't get it, and I don't think any of it worked. Um, and a lot of people would agree with me on that, although not everyone. So it has its detractors. Um, There's also a uh, the, the, the second Venom movie. Man. Again, we review that movie. I feel like it could have been hardcore. And Which one? Sorry? The second Venom. Venom, let there be carnage. Oh, yeah. That's 100%. Yeah. 
Um, Space Jam, talk about sequels, New Legacy. I did not enjoy that movie, really. <laughs> um, there's a, a movie, a Lifetime movie that I saw, surprisingly, I know, that I heard was pretty like, cool or hardcore or interesting or fascinating or something like that. And I saw it because people were like talking about it in that way. It's called Girl in the Basement. It sucked. Don't watch it. Don't even remotely watch it. It's so bad. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, I was saddened that Without Remorse didn't work with Michael B. Jordan. I really wanted that movie to work. Um, uh, the Little Things from earlier in the year. Uh, I remember that one came out in theaters at the same time. And we and remember we talked about it, I think. And I made fun of it because it felt like a 90s movie that was like held back for 20 years. And then I find out after I saw the movie that the screenplay was originally written in the 90s. So it makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, and I guess uh, last but not least, and this is just a bad movie overall. There's no way about it. It's Spiral. It's probably my <laughs> actual worst movie. What about you? Um, my biggest one, I think, was The Little Things, in my opinion. They yeah, had a lot damn. of things going for it. Right. And I and I even actors, you know. Right, and, Denzel, dude. Right, right, right. And it's just yeah, just was not good. Um I remember my friend talking about it too. He was trying to like defend it, and then I was like, dude, it's just not a good movie. And then he was like, Yeah, I know, you're right. And I was like, I know, I know. Um <laughs> You right. Yeah, uh without remorse, a hundred percent was a movie that I wanted it to better than I thought it was should have been, but it wasn't. Um, that's a sad yeah. thing. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, Venom 100% was on there. Mm-hmm. Um, it just didn't live up. Um, for me, another one was Halloween Kills. I know you, prefer, I know you liked it more than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I don't know. Um, I just felt like it was, you know, give me, uh, give me my, I don't know, pension or something. I don't know. Huh. Um, and then another one that for me that didn't work out was, um, it was at one of those Christmas movies, uh, A Boy Called Christmas. I just felt like, um, even though it felt whimsical and it felt a lot of stuff going on that was right for the type of movie it is, um, I felt like uh, they, did it, they did a disservice to it by not treating it as... Um, I felt like the movie would have been better animated in a weird way. Oh, um, and okay. I just feel like the movie just is kind of meh. meh you know, meh. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing fantastic. Got it. Um, and then my other one was uh, I I didn't like too much um, was coming to America. Uh, oh, didn't even see that. I saw some of that and didn't care. Yeah, oh, I, yeah just, I can't even count I, it. I just felt like um, it was one of those movies that it was pretty this year. Right? It was really, yeah, it was twenty twenty one. It was one of those movies where I just felt like they used the same jokes, they used a lot of things, and it was just like, all right, I get it. Um, and I just I just didn't. It just fell short. Um, so yeah, those are my moments. Nice. Um, I want to say that uh, is there a movie, and it could be in this very list you mentioned that uh, you feel like everyone loved or everyone saw and or liked it or whatever that you just didn't understand, like you didn't get why people liked it. Is there a movie, uh, like that? A movie that everyone loved that I just yeah it could be audiences or critics. I know mean, I know those are usually two different things, but in in this in this question, it could be anything. Yeah, I'm trying to think on my list. I, oh, I mean, I'll start off if you want to think about it. Yeah, go ahead. Um, my, I mean, for for critics, I mean, not for critics, for audiences, I would say my pick for that would be probably Venom. Made a lot of money. I don't understand why people want to see that movie so much, um, <laughs> personally. Uh, on the same scale, 
you know, it was because of the fanfare audiences that got Justice League remade. And I don't understand it. It was a better version of the original Justice League, but it's not like a Michelangelo PC there. What the fuck? I don't understand. The really, that's my actually my biggest, the one I don't get. That's my yeah, biggest. I, one. Yeah. It's the it's the worst one. <laughs> I get all right. Yeah, um, you know, uh, yeah. No, as far as the critic ones, I can't really think of one. But uh, have you thought of one yet? Uh, critic wise or sure. uh, anything wise, anything wise. Oh, anything wise. Um, yeah. I I don't know how it did, and I think it I think it flopped. To be brutally honest with you, um. So I can't really pick it. Um, that's the problem. I don't know how. I don't know how those who wish me dead did, um, but I don't think it did that great. Oh, I don't know either. But I didn't enjoy it that much. I wanted yeah, no. to enjoy it for sure. I, I wanted to enjoy it more. I just didn't. What about that. the what about the opposite? Then let's go the opposite question. Uh, direction a movie that either flopped or was reviewed really badly that you like. Why this movie's fucking great or really good or whatever? Anything like that come up to mind? Um, for example. Uh, this is not my main one, but like Nightmare Alley made like $2 million. That movie was fun. Had a lot going on in that movie. Really great movie. Obviously, it came out the same weekend as Spider-Man No Way Home. I mean, I think that's what it was. I think, I think but, it, it was... but also like there's other examples like West Side Story, you know, which came out weeks around that time, also made no money, even though it was uh, advertised everywhere and it had its own, its own weekend to open up, you know? Yeah. So. I'm sure that it has to do with other things too, but yeah, Nightmare Alley for sure. That's one of them for sure. Anything like that strike with you? Um, yeah, I mean, I could say Nightmare Alley as well. Uh, I don't know how. I don't know how. What's it called? In the Heights did. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how how well it did either. I don't know how well it did, but mm-hmm. I actually I thought it was. I mean, I've heard the story before. But I actually thought it was a pretty decent movie. It wasn't there was anything wrong with it, um, especially for a musical, you know. So like, um, yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. I just didn't. But I don't know how it did. So so I can't say that there was a lot of middle movies. You know what I'm saying? Like um, yeah, like uh, like Finch or No Time to Die. You know, mm-hmm. like those movies felt just like they were good, but that's about it. You know, yeah, right, right. Um, well, I think a, a movie that was good that made no money either, and it was also critically both reviled and like hailed, uh-huh. was uh, the Last Duel. Really enjoyed yeah. the Last Duel, actually. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I no, yeah, we liked it a lot. I loved how how it was shot and everything. And I I honestly feel like it was the it was a bad year for it to come out. You know what I'm saying? Like some guess, movies, yeah. like in a weird mm-hmm. way, like you know, we prefer theme. There's always a theme going on in the year. Oh, it's more of a time travel year. You know, there's more a lot of more, a lot of time travel movies or something like that, or there's a lot a lot of movies that have to do with battered women or something. You know, just to give you an example. But like, I feel like this is like a weird movie that's there, just there, mm-hmm. um, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, I don't know if we want to watch this type of movie. You know, like yeah, yeah. And it just felt like the, the, the year. It just felt weird. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I mean, a movie that I didn't get, even though I liked it. And this almost I shouldn't count because it was already nominated last year, but it did come out like in February. It's Nomadland. I don't get why it was so reviled, so well loved. Like oh, I get, yeah. the movie works. I understand. Like I get it. You know, 
but I, I ne- never, it wouldn't, it didn't even make my short list. You know, like I don't think it was that good. You know. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, I, it's made wrong, by Chloe Zhao, and I get, and I love her for the yeah, writer. Don't get me wrong. I think uh, what's her name does a fantastic job as an actress in the movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I did feel like I was like, okay, like yeah, yeah. that's yeah. cool. I just, <laughs> I, I felt like that. I felt very much very similar to you in that aspect. Um, yeah. yeah, I can't really think of anything else that did really no. great. Um, I guess Space Jam. Space Jam was, it was just tailored to kids. But the problem was, is that I don't think kids know Bugs Bunny. That's the problem, and it just like doesn't matter almost anymore. And I not that people don't know who Bugs Bunny is, but like I had to explain to my kid what t- the Looney Tunes were. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like he he likes it. he likes it overall because you know they are kind of wacky and stuff like that. Right? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, the cartoons. You know, he likes it overall of like what's going on, but he just likes like you know. The, he doesn't like it for what it is, really. He just likes it for like the dumb shit that they do. That's all. The only reason. Yeah, right. <laughs> so like I don't know. Yeah. That's funny. Um, you know, well, you know, with this in mind, not not to mention another title, we don't we don't have any more extras really. But I want to say that uh, the twenty twenty one, and this is on me because I know there's plenty out there, but I neither heard of any great. Like, uh, you know, like, you know, you must watch of these, but I also know that there's many out there and I'm sure some of them were great is that, uh, 2021 was a really, really bad year for me in watching documentaries. Barely saw any, you know, I mentioned in my honorable mentions that the rescue, which is a documentary made my short list. Another one is the collective. I think it's just called collective, which was nominated for best documentary or maybe even foreign picture because it's from i forget where in europe it's it's in europe um it's a movie from there and it's a documentary too and that one was really good too but like it made my short list like i said but it didn't you know that's it that's the only two i can think of i can't i don't think i saw many you know yeah i i can't even think of one to be brutally honest with you for you besides the like the Beals one that came out, but that was a show technically in a weird way. I guess you considered both. If you want to go that way, but <laughs> the the what one? The Be- Beals? The Beatles? The Beatles? The Beatles? Yeah. Oh, the Beatles one. No, yeah, but uh, yeah, but get back. Like yeah, the yeah, show. It was one. like a mini series in a weird way. Mini, not merely mini, because they were epic movies. So. Didn't it make your? Didn't it make your top? Uh, no, yeah, the TV wise, yeah, TV wise. Well, yeah, the, then it, there it is. That's it. That's the one for you. That's <laughs> what I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah. It did. I'm just saying, but it's no, that's great. You, then you saw more than I did, and yeah, right. Documentary wise, I'm saying it's just, but it wasn't a movie. It's like a, just a regular You're right. movie. You're right. It was like a, you know, that year where the OJ Simpson one, that mini series came out. Yeah, I do. We we're having that discussion about like where does it belong? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So that's it for that's for real. It on the uh, top ten films of the year of twenty twenty one. We closing the book on films, uh, but we're not closing the book on the top ten TV shows because next time, uh, next week I believe it's going to be our top ten TV shows of twenty twenty one, and I mean we just gave a an answer of one of Rob's actually just now, but. Uh, stay tuned for that. We have a large cast for that. We have four people um, doing that show with us. So, like, it's—I mean, four total, not four in addition to, but uh, two, two Jesus. extra. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a big show. Um, I haven't edited it yet. It's gonna be fun. And, um, but yeah, stay tuned for that. And then the week after that will be our top ten discoveries. Um, so yeah, we have plenty of stuff going on. And then after that, we are planning on taking a break. 
uh, and see and you know catch our care get our bearings watch the movies just chill out and it's all over vacation time sure. before we start the process again so um in films we're done but we'll see you guys next week until then i am oscar and ralph see you later coffee and pie coffee and pie oh my you didn't hear it from me